0: Yeah, wow. um, man, like, okay, here's my here's my eternal issue, right, like, with this stuff, is that it's like, I feel like when we go to record the intros to these podcasts, everything I think is funny to say, I listen back to and go, oh my god, well, that can't be the intro, like pe- like, society isn't ready to hear that, you know, <laughs> so then it's like, we kind of just have to, like, trip along for, like, 20 minutes mm-hmm. until, you know. I bleeped out like the first part of the Avengers episode too, because it's like I listened back to it and I was like, "That's very funny," but the world's not ready to hear what I said there, so I just, I just, I just added a nice bleep.
1: It's funny because yeah. that presupposes that society is uh, lagging far behind you.
0: I, you I, I would, I would, I would argue they are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That somehow you've, you've pushed yourself forward. Right. So far I've, ahead. I've ascended. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that the I think this podcast is kind of categorical proof that society is lagging behind my opinions, considering that all these movies make like fourteen billion dollars, and that's wrong. That they did that they shouldn't, you know. No, I mean that's a
2: good point.
1: I mean, at what point are you going to realize that you're the outside one here, and that maybe the rest of society is ahead of? I you? I mean,
2: no, like pioneers tend to be uh, loners by nature. So, wow,
0: you know, thank you so forever. much, John. Yeah,
2: forever. Yeah. Because, wow, okay. like, once well, you push yeah. ahead, then you realize there's that disparity between you and the rest of the people. And then you kind of wait for them to catch up. But the entire time, you're not going to stay stagnant. You just keep moving forward on your own.
0: You're continuing to yeah. move forward. So, it's like, so when you start further ahead, then as society is slowly catching up to you uh oh i'm already uh-oh, way yeah, the fuck out exactly. here by the time you get to where i was all right that was me 15 years ago dude oh you're oh you're just now coming to realize truths that i knew two decades ago that's pretty cringe yeah. dude okay well, i'm already past you know, that
1: when archaeologists find a iphone 13 deep in uh, uh in the ground and they pull it out and listen to cape shit 100 years from now on this broken iphone and they go wow This guy Christian, he was really ahead of the times... I uh, can't believe he was so cast no, out of no, 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 no. society. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. What they're going to do is they're going to pull that iPhone out, right? And then they're going to hear it. And then they're going to say, wow, this is everything that we know to be true about the world in this current moment. I guess he was 100 years ahead of his time. <laughs>
1: and then they're going to make a <laughs> uh, a movie about you and it's going to make $1.5 billion.
0: It's going to make $1.5 yeah. Billion, and Yeah, then my ghost is going to haunt the director and make his daughter's head spin around and puke
1: yeah well that was an interesting way to end that story
0: but I think <laughs> yeah we'll have to take it this time it's uh the oh we're, the exorcist we're dude okay. have you never seen the Exorcist, dude this podcast is the jesus christ hey what's well, up i'm christian <laughs> i'm the exorcist
2: and i'm here too my name is john
0: right yeah, yeah. oh hey <laughs> No, hey what's up what's up everyone have you really never seen the exorcist dude? i've
1: seen the exorcist i didn't know i was supposed <laughs> to respond hold on yeah wait. Okay. Okay. I didn't okay. know I was anyway. supposed to respond at the end of that and go, hey, Christian, great exorcist reference right. that, that was is really what... great because you know nobody <laughs> in the history of media has ever made the reference to a right. spinning head girl puking right. uh, that was being possessed no I mean, one's ever no, done uh, that. i should have said you know
0: it. wow <laughs> very original reference to right. the
1: unheard of movie exorcist uh-huh. that nobody. you know has what
0: watched. dan i accept the apology that is what you should have said i'm well, glad that we can both see eye to eye on this and uh no. You know, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's podcast time. What's going on, everyone? Uh, my name's Christian. This is, of course, a podcast called Cape Shit. Here we get into all the uh, 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 capers that you know and love. This is, of course, uh, in this uh, podcast we get into our political opinions. We talk a little cancel culture. We give you the news that the that the mainstream they're too afraid to give. Uh, that's a joke. This is about n- none of that. This is superheroes. You should know that if you've been listening up to this point. And as I said at the beginning of our last uh, episode, if you've been listening up to this point, subscribe to this podcast. Come on, it's pathetic. This is my pathetic bag that I'm now doing at the beginning of these. Uh, truly, my goal is to get enough listeners so that I can monetize this and... Throw some ads in the middle and completely check out, which I have not yet been able to do. And frankly, that feels a little unfair to me. So, you know, yeah. get us there. If, if that's not happening, just know that's your fault. I don't think that's <laughs> my fault at all. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word uh, from our sponsors. Uh,
1: Squarespace.
0: Squarespace. Hey, do you like websites? You fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, have you ever right. been to a website? Yeah, you moron. <laughs> um, like, what the hell is wrong with you? Uh, no, of course this is uh, Cape shit. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, today in Cape shit, uh, we started. Uh, that's right. Do you have Do you have your air horn ready, Dan? Uh, I do, actually. Okay. All right. All right. We started phase two. <laughs> Yeah, nice, woo. Nice, yeah all right, there it is. Yep, phase two, Iron Man uh three, Iron which man is three. frankly, that's a little confused. Okay, hold on. Let let me see if I fall it's Here we phase go. two, but it's Iron Man three. Yeah, well, you see, the I number mean number
2: three comes after the number two.
0: Right. so surely this integers. should be the introduction. Two phase three, one would assume,
1: you know, numbers are difficult for you. And I get that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I'm going to write a letter directly to Kevin Feige. Yeah. And let him know that in the future, if they're going to put a number in the title of a movie, it better match that phase.
0: Right. Thank you so much. And yeah. I think th- to sort of harken back to our previous conversation, uh, in 100 years from now, that is how it will work. So just, you yeah. know, <laughs> stay yeah, tuned. I, I yeah. bet it is.
1: Uh, <laughs> to add more confusion to this for you, and I'm so sorry to do this to you. okay. <laughs> I forgive uh, you. I'm going to give advantage. you a little background because this was released on May. Wait for it. 3rd. What? Whoa. 2013. Hold so on. two Whoa. more threes.
2: associated with this movie okay no in phase two
1: damn i think i'm gonna need a second actually that's um all right well take it while i continue the rest of the background okay Uh, (laughs) this was uh produced by marvel studios distributed by disney uh paramount is still getting money i think this is their last one where they get to put their logo at the start of the film while not having done anything they've distributed rights or they've handed over rights to disney but They get to uh, get some money off the top as part of that distribution changeover deal. Uh, This one was not directed by Jon Favreau like Iron Man 1 and 2 and was directed by the one and only uh, Shane Black. Oh, my God. Shane Black. Wow. I know. I know. Uh, And then written by Shane Black and Drew Pierce, uh, which obviously, again, just what a writing comedy duo uh they they were really focused this time on uh, uh focusing on the story being character centric which Favreau decided that uh he wanted to uh give up that director title for this one uh returning RDJ Gwyneth Paltrow Don Cheadle John Favreau uh and then our first appearance of uh the fake mandarin what, what? uh Ben Kingsley uh which he also did a short called All Hail the King uh and then I don't know maybe he'll show up in the future. Wow, well, I don't know. Maybe well, that, I don't maybe. know that kind of sounds, sounds like,
0: like a spoiler, dude. I don't know.
1: I'm just saying maybe he will, maybe he won't. Ben Kingsley, <laughs> big actor, you know, taking on this kind of role. We'll see. Is he uh, what, what 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 else is Ben Kingsley in? Just so many just things. lot a lot, that, uh, a lot uh, of things uh,
2: that I've heard good things about. I couldn't tell yeah. you what they are right now because Wait, and they're just so. Many. Also
0: knighted, by the way. He is. Oh yeah, Sir Ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley.
1: That's true. Wait, yes. and, wait,
0: and wait, wait, which one is Ben Kingsley? Is he like the other billionaire? Or is no, he like he's the, the, the fake he's Mandarin? He's the fake. Got it. Okay. We're yes. The actor wow. playing. I Can't the believe actor. you don't know
1: Sir Ben Kingsley.
0: I dude, I, did, I did. pop culture just goes over my head too. Well, uh, if you think too, <laughs> too, too
1: if you think being knighted is pop culture, then I guess okay. Yeah. Uh One point two. A billion dollars, made billion, in this, and at the time was the 16th film ever to gross over one billion dollars. Uh, and was based on a comic book six series arc called Extremis or Extremis, oh. extremis. Extremis. extremis, not Extremis, Extremis, he extremis. Says extremis? It in the movie boy. Come on, yeah. dude. Extremis. You're really f- all right,
0: you're really fucking up this intro. Yeah, you had well, it one get job. it together, please.
1: My my whole thing was just to talk for a while so you could get over the whole Phase 2, Iron Man 3 kind of thing. So I hope you you're know feeling what? better. I am, I, I've gotten over it. I wow. I am feeling much better. Thank you. Good. Well, then I guess that means we can actually get into the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? What happens? Right up at the start with uh, yeah. some suits getting destroyed and we get a little backtrack from, uh, from Tony Stark himself, uh, giving us some uh, background on... What he feels like his journey is through yeah. uh, the course
0: of being Iron Man so far. A fa- a famous man once said, no, "We create no. our own de- demons, and and <laughs> and the demons that we create are and uh, but but you know what? <laughs> Record scratch. You might be wondering how I got <laughs> to this point.
1: <laughs> Let's go back to 1999, <laughs> Switzerland. Yeah." <clears throat> Uh, where we will see uh, just one sweet mullet on Happy. Uh, that's how you really always time jump, right? You you change the hair. Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. He's got the different facial hair, yeah. and we got Happy with the mullet. And it really tells you how you've time traveled, you know.
0: Yeah. I also I also really like how in the Switzerland part, like so this 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 weirdo this creep comes up to Tony and is like, mm-hmm. Hey, Tony, I have technology that might be interesting to you. And then Tony's like, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm too busy. What's the, what's the, what's the line? He's, he's, he's talking, he's talking to a botanist, a uh, woman who is a scientist. Uh, and she says, uh, where are we going? To which Tony replies, to town on each other, (laughs) which is, uh... (laughs) Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a fun line. <laughs> um, lots and, of uh, fun lines in this movie. Right. So, yeah. you know, and so as they're going up the elevator, this creep sort of accosts Tony and is like, hey, Tony, I, I have technology for you. And he's like, yeah, you know what, bud, why don't you go ahead and meet me on the roof? I'll see you there in 20 which unbeknownst to him, butterfly effect kicks off an entire thing. But a wow. thing that I liked about this is that this is a character that you're going to see again later, but they just made him gross looking in this part. And it's fun <laughs> to me because he sort of has to be gross looking for this to like make sense. It's just like a little touch, you know? Because if yeah, some like of well-groomed individual uh, came up to Tony and was like, hey man, I actually, you know, whatever, like it, it, the audience might be less inclined to believe that Tony would just like snub him. Uh, but they give him a total makeover later in the movie. But when you first see him, he sort of looks like the Crypt Keeper a little bit. And that's really just so that you don't sympathize with him being uh, ghosted on a rooftop. Well, but you also realize that it's not a makeover, right? Between
1: ugly version Killian and present day version Killian. What do you mean? It's it's not like he put on some makeup. It's that Extremis worked for him. And changed his... extremist really is the
2: ultimate, like, red pill. Because that dude yeah. changed his game up entirely. He is not the same yeah. character from 13 years ago. Like, And that kind of was the, like, one of the parts of this movie that I couldn't get over was how distinctly different he was as a person, like, as a whole. Because I just, like, you don't... I, I couldn't buy it, you know? Like, they didn't need well, to make him, he- like weird and fidgety and stuttery and have like bad skin and like bad hair. Like they could have just made him uh, be like a dude down on his luck and that would have sold it just as well or even better no but
0: like i said i think i think from a plot perspective in the movie they had to make him weird looking so that the audience would all just turn against him in unison well no
2: i think the the point of him being like weird was that like you were supposed to sympathize with him like tony was supposed to be a dick back then like tony was being a dick to him and you're
0: supposed to feel bad
2: for him i don't think it was to like be like oh that guy looks weird like fuck him
0: See, that was, that was, that was because, because I feel like, uh, you know, and we don't have to drag on this segment for too yeah. long, but I kind of <laughs> took the thing where it's like, if he had like shown up and like, wasn't like being a creepy mouth breather, I might be more inclined to believe that. But they like, I mean, again, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like a horror movie character where he's like, Hey, Tony, you know? Okay. And then the elevator's like going to go close and he's like, I'm just going to slide in here right next to
1: you. Okay. You know? Well, it's that's like, not how it happened
0: at all. I mean, that's, that's exactly s- how it happened. Well, I just okay. saw the movie anyway. Yeah, what well, happens so next
1: but you know, no but uh, i'm surprised we glossed over uh christians so far favorite character in the mcu oh yeah yinsen red, red skull no yinsen from the cave um, he was at the oh, switzerland right. conference yeah for <laughs> yeah, sure for, yeah why, he was though? you're right but why well don't that's not the important part oh, here. Okay. the important part here is that we've now determined that the uh first hero of the mcu was really yinsen Right? This is from a timeline perspective here. Right, so. yes. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah, that so.
0: all three of us have determined
1: that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We've taken a poll. Um, yeah. So, uh, Tony and I, first I put the woman because I didn't hear her wow. name. It turns out it's Maya. Uh, wow. Go up to the hotel wow. room wow. to talk about limb regrowing. Uh, right. And talk mm. about this project called Extremis, uh, which causes an explosion uh, in the room. And. Uh, what I caught here, which I, uh, like besides happy, uh, jumping on Tony and then laying on top of him for an extended period Ooh, gay of time joke.
0: Ooh, go gay joke.
1: Yeah. This is, uh, 2013. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and they, uh, mentioned a joke about, uh, Y2K worries because it was uh midnight oh, right, of right. 1999. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I also thought it was funny that for the actress of Maya, it's like she just looks so much like Liv Taylor that when I first saw her, I was like, wait, what's Liv Taylor doing here? But then it wasn't Liv Taylor. Anyway, back to you, Dan. Is it Taylor or it's Tyler? It's Tyler. So I actually oh, okay. got a comment
2: from one of my friends, and they are like, you really <laughs> didn't correct him on Liv Taylor? And I was like, it's not important, but I yeah. guess we'll just take the time. It's Liv yeah. Taylor.
0: Okay. All right, well, you know, uh, Liv Tyler and now I yeah. know and you know what I bet but I'm telling in a hundred years everyone's gonna remember her as Liv Taylor and that's a prophecy <laughs> anyway back to you Dan
1: yeah great that's 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 glorious um <laughs> so we we then move uh into current day where we're seeing Tony now after the events of uh New York after the events of going into the wormhole for a very uh right reason he definitely should have brought the missile into the wormhole uh, because he needed to, and I'm glad we all
0: agreed on that point. Right, uh, yeah. And yeah, that's I, definitely what we agreed. Yeah, that was that was that was that that was not a contentious topic. No, I think that not that's at something all. that we completely see eye to eye on and deemed entirely necessary to the plot. Yes. Thank you so much yeah. for agreeing. You're uh so and welcome. that's when
1: we learned that he's uh testing Mark forty two of Whoa. his Iron Man suits. Uh and he's been up for seventy-two hours, according to Jarvis. Uh that's a long time. and yeah, it is a long time, but uh, I again, these suit-up scenes I really like, and w- this is the final solo Iron Man scene, or Iron Man movie, sorry, uh, and in the future we'll get some cool suit-ups, but these Iron Man movies, I really liked how they uh, tried to do different types of suit-ups each time. Uh, you you
0: liked this one?
1: Yeah, I like this one. I thought it was cool.
0: I I, I kind of think that, like, I guess for me it was weird because, like, I felt like they really upped the CGI in this movie a lot. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of segments where I was like, damn, that's cool. But, I but like, I felt like and, – like, and, like, legit, like, not ironically. Like, there were segments in this movie where I was like – and this is probably the first time in the MCU, like, because I, it wasn't even really like this in the Avengers for me – where some of the CGI scenes, I was like, wow, they did that really well. Like, that was like, Mm. I, I, I felt that. But I kind of felt like a lot of the solo Iron Man stuff just wasn't selling it for me. Like, I felt like the CGI in this movie really shined when it was like, everything's cgi Mm -hmm. so like everything's kind of seamlessly blending into itself but i felt like a lot of the just more solo iron man things it's like the rest of the environment isn't a cgi thing and we'll kind of see some of this later when he is like interacting with pepper he like goes to rub her shoulders and it's just weird because it's like it's it's like it's like the contrast between the cgi iron man suit and just the regular environment that he's in did kind of take me out of it a little bit because it looks mm. off
2: yeah I one yeah. of the things that I noticed uh, and it's interesting you say that you like the CG in this one because there were a lot of points in the in the movie where I was like "Ooh, that's not that great or like oh that was Compton weird or like the rocks physics here are like very it, like it it just it shouted out that it was bad CG and to your mm. point there are a lot of like really cool CG stuff um, so they probably just used up all their budget on those like big moments and didn't really right. care about like rocks falling off a cliff, but sure. there were a lot of points in this one more so than the, the first two, or even like the first movies in the MCU where I was like, Oh, that, that CG's is kind of iffy.
0: Oh yeah. That is, that is interesting. Cause like, I felt like maybe so to like, to maybe kind of clarify my point, I feel like this is the first movie maybe where... Like, because I agree with you, there were certainly points where the CGI like kind of took me out of it. But this is the first movie where there were CGI moments in it that I like didn't really have a problem with. Like right. like like it no, like in I all the you. previous movies, it was like every time CGI would happen. I was like, oh, that's fucking whatever. But there were points in this movie where a lot of things are going on. And I was just kind of like, I don't have an issue with any of this mm-hmm. really. Interesting. Well, I also wonder how much of that to is I feel like in
1: previous movies for the CG stuff it was very one on one solo CGI like Hulk you know like Thor not in large fights maybe but right. you know except for the uh Frost Giant fight but um I I feel like this one here they were crafting big scenes around it which right. again the mm. rocks falling I don't know that didn't but you you've got a better eye for that than I do but yeah the the big fight to end the movie I thought was like really really well done the way that the suits came yeah. around and that they fall apart and everything i felt like the uh physics there were really well done
0: we also have a reoccurring theme happening in this movie that uh i uh here you go we're into christians didn't like corner get ready to, uh the play entire the Christian podcast can you yeah. yeah can you can you can you cue up the christians didn't like corner theme music there dan yeah here we go okay thank you Ooh, all right, welcome everyone. Uh did you know it's Christmas when this movie takes place yeah, it's a because they sure they sure make a lot of emphasis in like having subtle nods to it being Christmas literally everywhere for no reason other than like an audience thing, which is a comment I make often when it comes to MCU stuff that I just sort of don't really like where it's like It's like I felt like the entirety of it being like a like Tony's dancing around to Christmas music and there's lights and there's trees and there's like whatever. And I'm kind of like waiting. He makes Christmas puns. He's like, hey, I got you a Christmas present, you know, like that sort of stuff. But then it's like there's no real like payoff for it being it's just it's just sort it just sort of happens at Christmas time, and I was, like, kind of expecting, and maybe this is my own fault, but I was like, oh, they're establishing all this Christmas stuff. We're going to have some, like, big Christmas thing happening. uh, But it's just sort of peppered into the movie, and then the movie just sort of ends, and it just kind of feels like they were like, hey, uh, it's coming out around that time. Let's get everyone into the spirit. It felt like sort of a money move. But it's
2: funny because this was, you said it was released May 3rd, so, like, why release... Uh, a christmas themed movie in the middle of summer
1: yeah i don't know yeah uh you know i don't have the answer for you there i will say I though
2: that like one of my favorite jokes is uh later on when he's in the restaurant and he's like sitting down the kid asks him to like sign their drawing or whatever and he looks over at this kid and he's like this little white kid with thick glasses and he's like i loved you yeah. in christmas story by the way and that was yeah. like one of the fa- the funniest jokes in the, yeah. the movie
1: yeah, they really stepped up uh, the comedy in this movie. I feel like this start of phase two is kind of like the start of the comedic kind of timing and and things that we'll see throughout the rest of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. is the one where it's taking it to that next level, including here when uh, he suits up for the Mark 42, uh, almost suits up all the way, says, I'm the best, yeah. and then gets hit over, and Jarvis is getting real sassy with him, saying... It's a pleasure to, uh, to watch you work. Uh, yeah. And I noticed that there was a lot more uh, Jarvis in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot, more, a lot more interaction, a lot more Jarvis. I'm wondering at this point now, obviously, because when I watched these initially, uh, Iron Man 3 came out and then you know, a year later and then a year later and whatever for more movies. Um, but Jarvis does play a bigger role in the future. I'm wondering if even as early as Iron Man 3, they were prepared to kind of uh, bring Jarvis Whoa, spoilers, to the forefront. Spoilers, bro. Front. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, you know, there's no spoilers there. I'm just saying, you know, Jarvis. Well,
0: I kind of I, I felt like in this movie, too, they sort of, like, tried to make a leap with Jarvis into, like, personifying Jarvis as, yeah. like, a character that you're supposed to care about, whereas, like, in the first Iron Man's and then also the Avengers, you know, Jarvis is really just sort of, like, the personal assistant, and then maybe there's, like, a little, like, quip there or whatever. But in this one, they sort of went above and beyond to try to, like almost kind of humanized Jarvis a little bit. So when something bad happens to Jarvis, you're supposed to feel a certain way about Mm. it, where they didn't Mm. really do that earlier. No, that's a good point. Foreshadowing. Hmm. Ooh. Interesting.
1: Ooh. Uh, (laughs) Now we get a fake Mandarin. Well, well, we don't know yet, but this is the Mandarin. Uh, Mandarin. And the uh, reference back to the Ten Rings again, from the uh, first movie when uh, uh, Tony was in the cave Uh, and again ten rings they don't really go into detail of the ten rings here uh, but this is definitely something that will come up again, as it's now the second time we've heard of Ten Rings. Right, um, and it's and- very
0: it's very thematically on point, because it's, uh, you know, what is Tony Stark's greatest enemy, if not foreigners? So we <laughs> got, uh, you know, it's just a direct continuation of all of the other Iron Man <laughs> movies. Yeah,
2: c- well, uh, can, can I just say, like, the Mandarin reveal is, like, really weird, because it just kind of, he kind of says a line... Uh, about him, like, turning on the TV. But then it, like, very d- just abruptly cuts to the Mandarin, like, this grainy film. And I guess we're supposed to think that it was, like, broadcasted to the U.S. Like, it it wasn't supposed to be, like, just a weird cut. It was supposed to be, like, oh, this is what the U.S. saw on TV. Right. But it it didn't come off that way. It just felt really abrupt to me. But I will say... Mm because there are very little things about this movie that I actually liked Ben Kingsley as the mandarin both as the mandarin and as the actor were like my favorite part of this movie yeah. by far his mandarin voice is like actually yeah. so menacing and like very weird and eccentric and manipulative that like I I fully bought into that into that villain even though he's like barely in the movie
1: well yeah it's funny because this uh even during the trailers i mean obviously in the trailers of this movie i remember back then uh they didn't obviously reveal that he wasn't really the mandarin right. uh but a lot of people were not like responding super well to being to him being the mandarin but what they did respond well to was his voice in the trailer yeah. like his kind of menacing i forgot what the uh the line there's one line that he says in this that was used over and over in the trailers um, that just yeah he had just a really really great voice for this uh for this villain
0: yeah i I actually agree with that I like it almost sort of like was reminiscent of what I feel like they were trying to do with Bane in like Dark Knight mm-hmm. Rises or whatever but like missed the mark but it was like because it's like, The voice is like weird. Like, it's not what you would expect it to sound like, but it's all, but it, but it like works really well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, that it like caught me. I was like caught by every time that dude would talk. Like, it was almost like, it was almost this like uncomfortable tonal shift. Like, I feel like, I feel like they did that really well. It
2: was funny because the, when I heard it, I was like, you know, this sounds a lot like two things, and those two things were. I don't know why it sounded similar to me, but it was like the, if you ever watched, I think it's the sixth Harry Potter movie, the prime minister of magic. I don't know. He has this big like monologue at the beginning of the movie. And I thought his voice was already like always really sick in that monologue. And then I also thought about Davy Jones. And then I realized those two characters are played by Bill Nye, the same actor and yeah, I was like, oh, okay. It's just, it's just a Bill, Bill Nye, Nye, the science no, guy. No, no, it's a British actor. Oh, okay. Oh, well.
1: uh I don't. I is think he British? Cooler is Bill Nye, but the science yeah. guy. But that's that's fine. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> now we uh, get to see our first look at Iron Patriot. Whoa! Yes. Whoa. Yeah, no, he's war no longer
0: machine. the war machine. No, no war machine
1: didn't go so well with the public. Yeah, Iron, so Patriot, Iron tested Patriot in yeah. focus groups. <laughs>
2: that's a good one yeah
1: yeah it's a very red white and blue very captain america style in an iron man suit uh i mean it looked cool i i will admit that it looked cool but uh definitely different from the giant what was that that gatling gun that was on top of war machine in the last movie uh this is definitely a toned down uh look for this Well, wasn't the gatling uh, gun
2: uh put there by that other scientist guy
0: whiplash whiplash
2: well yeah the the, the scientist the
1: other scientist guy the
2: other Whip, others.
0: whiplash well it yeah, was whatever, okay. whatever.
2: anyway yes. go ahead sorry
1: but yes it was but you know there was really no indication that he was going to change it it's not like roadie was very upset by that fact when he used it uh and then uh, i t- i thought this was interesting we got to see uh joan river is in a marvel movie uh, that was a funny little cutaway to see that yeah. happen, and, and Bill uh, Maher. Yeah, yeah, and Bill Maher. Uh, he didn't stand out as much to me when I watched yeah. that. I don't know. I mean, that seems you know uh, not like Bill O'Reilly.
0: Not like that. Bill O'Reilly. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the that's the that's the ostensibly more famous Bill.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, now we get uh, to John's uh, favorite uh, line here with the uh, with uh, uh, Roadie and Tony in the. Uh, restaurant and we get to see the kid come up asking for the autograph and this is where we're kind of getting our real first look at uh tony's anxiety uh towards what happened in new york and him definitely having to bring the missile into the wormhole uh and i i think we can kind of talk about this plot point at this point now but i thought i really like the idea of These movies and they do this a lot now in phase four with some of the TV shows, but showing the real world impact to these heroes and the real world impact to the world when these superhero movies happen. Right. Like the wormhole opened up. It's clearly something that the entire world would be uh, witness to and seeing the Avengers and seeing the wormhole and seeing the aliens that come down and all of that. And then seeing like on the ground floor Tony literally not handling that well and getting this kind of anxiety uh attack here for the first time at least for what we're seeing but I'm curious on you guys thoughts
0: yeah I mean I I I agree I think that that's like a fun uh plot thing to explore I sort of felt like well like I kind of I kind of so, my so my initial reaction, like seeing like the like it's like oh Tony has a panic attack or whatever, is I was kind of like it 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 felt dumb to to like uh, like it's like it's like it's like almost sort of like a Hollywood representation of what an anxiety attack is or whatever, which I think is probably like fair because it's a Hollywood movie. But but then I kind of thought about it more, and I was like, you know, that's like definitely a nitpick that I have. But on the flip side, like. You know, taken into context, like, the time that this movie came out in, like, 2013, that was actually probably, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, like, edgy or, like, pushing the yeah. boundaries or whatever to show, like, a hero dealing with, like, yeah. mental health. Right. Thi- so, like even if even if it wasn't really portrayed in like a super like i don't know i mean the the word I, that almost comes to mind is like tasteful like it's like it because like uh, it, like it was it was like it was almost for short like oh i'm having anxiety oh, okay like now i'm 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 not you know like and it just it just felt like it was always happening at very convenient points in the plot like it was sort of like you know putting like you know this like mental health thing up on kind of a pedestal for tony to be experiencing when it was convenient or whatever but yeah. i but i also think that um yeah if you if you look at this movie in the context of the year that it came out it probably was like you know i don't know groundbreaking or whatever to have a character experiencing these kinds of things because that's not something that you would you know traditionally see like in a hollywood movie and it's sort of funny because now i think that that's almost like a trope you know like you have these sort of heroic characters that are like burdened with this horrible weight of the past on them but that wasn't really like what the trend was back then yeah i mean so
2: my take on it is that like i don't know if it wasn't portrayed poorly in a sense but like the the degree to which he experienced panic attacks wasn't really that severe um which is like you know it's something that happens people do have like milder panic attacks than other people um but like for him to be dealing with such a mild panic attack doesn't really do it for me because then I'm like okay so this sets you back like a tiny bit and it's just something that you have to struggle with that you didn't have to with before but it's not enough to really make an impact on anything that he does in my opinion
1: you know obviously the movie's an hour or two hours right right? so um i don't know that maybe we get the full look but i think they tried to give us pieces of that uh in in a little bit here when we come back to tony in the uh, uh back at his house talking to pepper but uh and i say that because i feel like he like really opens up at that point to discuss like yeah. how it's affecting him um you know and maybe it's not just the moments where we're seeing like the panic attacks where no by the way true. i really I, I yeah and i i really like this moment where he's like going to leave and he walks out and the iron man suits like parked like next to the mm-hmm. motorcycles uh i thought that, that was just a nice little touch for him to just jump right into yeah. it and uh and get going but yeah i i think that we we only see you know little moments obviously but uh we'll we'll get into more that when he's back at the the house but we now see uh killian is normal Uh, actually
2: he's (laughs) like he's like worse than normal he's like total red pill chatted like chatted
0: up arrogant yeah yeah, dude No, I think that, like, yeah, Killian's kind of funny because he's just sort of, like, the Giga Libertarian, which we'll get into later as the plot progresses, but it is, like, it's kind of funny, like, his entire arc is just really the fact that he is, like, a red-pilled Chad Libertarian character. Yeah and uh we really kind of started to see it in this scene uh where he shows up to Stark Industries and now Pepper is running also, the show like, um this yeah. script
2: is 100% written by a dude because like if so- cuz she talks about how he used to like always try to like get at her back in the day and she wasn't having any of it and it's like if some dude that you didn't like and like had a bunch of red flags like five years ago shows up and he looks good now, you're not all of a sudden going to be like, "Oh, well, he's hot now, and now I'm like super infatuated with this guy." Those red flags stay there, dude. <laughs> that was a,
0: that was a that was a thing that I kind of noticed during this movie, and I think that you know, so because ba- like because because essentially Killian shows up to Stark uh, Industries, Pepper's now running the show, and he's like, "Yo, I have some exciting technology to show you," and he sort of takes her into a room and then manhandles her a little bit and a thing that i kind of noticed about this movie is like that like so i like okay i've never liked pepper as a character right because i feel like pepper it's like it's like, it's like you have Tony Stark, and the only thing that motivates Tony Stark is himself, right? That, or Pepper. So it's like, so so he needs to be in peril, but he's too self-destructive to care. So then the next logical thing is that you got to put Pepper in a perilous situation, and that's how you get to move the movie forward. It's like, because that's like kind of the only thing at this point that is going to sort of get him to a point where he's like, oh, okay, well, now I need to do something about this because Pepper's in danger. So I feel like she's always sort of served that that role but especially in this movie like they like I feel like they just wrote Pepper to just be this like helpless idiot like more than yeah. she was in previous it's like it's like it's like they really like dumbed her character way the fuck down and like just she almost just sort of served as like just this sort of two-dimensional plot device and uh more so than i had seen her in the previous movies yeah i think part of it
1: though is and i i don't think it's just to pepper by the way there was a lot of pushing other characters to the side to focus purely on tony's story right, sure. right? and like i have this gripes about a... that
2: too but we, we can get that later well yeah. Yeah, we,
1: can, we can get there as well uh and you know the one thing i want to mention about this scene specifically uh and also kind of ties into a couple other points in the movie is the way they talk about technology dude uh and i just i can't let it go i can't i mean uh uh the, he says We can hack into the hard drive of
0: any living
1: organism.
0: We can hack into the hard drive of any living organism. And then he's like, he's like, he has like a map of his brain like up and he's like showing Pepper. And he's like, see this slot here? Like he like points to this like black part inside of his brain. And he's just like, we can slot in extra things that change your DNA on a fundamental. Level and it's just like I'm like this is so stupid <laughs> Dude, like what the fuck yeah like because you could like you could throw out any te- techno babble there like you know you'd be like oh yeah you know we have these like nano mesh fibers that like. Enhance the neural network allowing capacity beyond normal here, but it's like, but literally, the solution is like, oh, dude, it's cr- we actually map the brain. There's a hole in your yeah, brain, there's a it, hole you, in everyone's you, brain. Something's uh, supposed to your go brain in there, is modular, it's crazy.
2: by the way. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's yeah, your brains are modular. It's insane. No one figured this out yet, actually. We were just <laughs> looking at CAT scans, and after a while, we were like, what's this hole doing? Here? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's weird. Maybe we should put something in it. Yeah, there was clearly
1: no. Consultation during the writing process from oh, a technology the- or science perspective.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah it's just fucking, which... it's just fucking men looking at holes and wanting to stick things in them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ! Right, and that is really <laughs> emblematic of this entire scene, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was, uh,
1: yeah, these kind of fake technical terms that they utilize throughout this movie. Right, uh, and this isn't movie.
0: just a thing in this scene. This is present. In like the whole movie is just littered with this. Yeah, yeah, we definitely see more of it
1: as we go through the movie. Um yeah. and then and- he kisses
0: Stark's girl, dude. Like, oh my god, they're standing in the middle of a brain, and he grabs her and then gives her, gives her, gives her a little kiss. And Happy notices, and could you say he's not too ha- happy? I don't know. There's something <laughs> oh. there. Uh, whatever. Anyway, back to you, yeah. Dan.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, sure. He's not happy. Great. Uh, now I, she, I just said that. I know. Yeah. Well, she's not happy though. So, like Because right. his name's Happy. Right. So, I, I, I I just said oh, that. Oh, his name is Happy, and yeah, right. see, he's John. Gets he's it not in. happy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, all right. <laughs> and now we get to see a remote control Iron Man uh suit on the couch, uh, which. By the way, there were just a couple moments in this uh, movie where you see the Iron Man suit in situations like this where it's like not in fight scenes, but just sitting on a couch where maybe the CGI isn't spectacular. But I always like these kind of moments again where like the movie brings certain themes and ideas down to earth for a second. Like you don't normally see like Thor in his full outfit hanging out on a couch drinking a beer right like we might see that later on in endgame but uh it's it's just kind of interesting to see these little moments but it was weird to see i agree the iron man suit trying to give a uh, uh, pepper a massage because i think they were trying to cgi someone who was pretending to be a human inside of a suit and the suit's hand motions trying to massage like it's just weird because just putting regular hands is not what you can mimic when you're doing it in the iron man suit because the iron man suit moves differently than a right. human's hands does so i i get where the kind of uh difficulty could probably lie in trying to cgi the specific finger movements of trying to massage somebody in that moment um but yeah i i liked the kind of reveal here that uh she realized very quickly that he wasn't in the suit and that he was downstairs obviously setting up for future moments to be able to do the same thing sure um and this is where we see what i was kind of talking about earlier we see him kind of reveal to pepper that uh he's having a real hard time and in this moment you guys may disagree with me but i feel like uh robert downey jr in this moment sold it for me of him talking about uh, how he's been feeling since New York, how it's been affecting him, the fact that he's not sleeping, like that kind of stuff. He really he he feels like when I watched this that he was in really bad shape. Like that's where I got it more than his anxiety attack from earlier. I got it more in this no, scene than that, I did that's from that a, that's first a fair And
2: attack. like what what I said before is probably unfair. Um because like yeah, you're right. This this whole like um area of his life that has been overwritten by his panic and like his uh he's like super paranoid about it and that is definitely better representation of like his mental state than the panic attacks Uh,
0: yeah i think i guess maybe to dan's point i felt like robert downey jr did a really good job with everything that they gave him i just thought some of the stuff they gave him was dumb like but 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 robert downey jr yeah did really good with it. It's like more sort of how some of the script stuff was written. I was like I wasn't really buying it, but I bought Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of what it was that he was given to work with. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. Yeah, really good? Yeah. Yeah, he uh, uh
1: yeah, I think he really did a great job in this scene. I also um,
0: I, I also sort of thought, and maybe even unintentionally, because this is, uh, you know, like, obviously just kind of being used to, like, get the plot to move further along. But um, I actually thought it was sort of a comical uh, look at uh, the realities of mental illness within a, a, a relationship. They actually sort of encapsulated it very nicely. Again, I don't think they did it on purpose, really. But, like, um, when... So he's, like, in bed, and he's, like, having a nightmare, Pepper tries to wake him up, and then the and then the, uh, 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 the pilot list suit, the remote-controlled suit, comes in and is set to attack Pepper. And then she's like, I'm going to go sleep on the couch, which is kind of in juxtaposition towards the scene before where he's opening up to her, and she's just like, I got you, Tony, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And then the very next scene is her being like, I actually fundamentally can't handle your mental illness. Which again, I just kind of thought was funny because I feel like uh, that's sort of like a relatable <laughs> like topic, um, where you know, I uh, if you've ever if you've ever been in a situation where like you know someone's like really like going through some shit, and then you're like you know sort of like you know what dude I'm gonna be the fucking rock to like help this person through the thing, and then you get like a little too close to their mental illness, and then you're like oh, I got to bail. This is like actually like wait you know uh i feel like that was like sort of juxtaposed in that moment and i thought that that thing was kind of just interesting but again i don't necessarily think they were trying to make a deeper point with that i just noticed that yeah whether or
2: not it was on purpose uh right that that is that is a good point
0: yeah
1: yeah uh and then we will see uh the first instance of one of these uh, uh people who have the extremis uh injections uh who are going to actually blow up uh due to the injections. Uh and so Happy is uh unfortunately injured
0: as part of that attack as he uh is following that bodyguard. Which is like and and this is like this is like such a nitpick and I get it, but I'm just like how the fuck does Happy survive that it's like it's like It's like this dude, like, injects some shit into his neck that essentially, like, turns him into, like, a small thermonuclear detonator. And it's like, everyone is dead, like, other than, it's like, and, like, and not only dead, like, vaporized. Like, it, like, it, like, it shoots through, like, everyone's just deleted, and then you just have happy and like some dog tags. And it's like, other than these two relevant plot things, and it kind of goes into, again, I feel like a lot of times Marvel movies, it's like, if you wanna know what's gonna happen next, he's got to think about like what the most convenient possible thing in the moment is going to be and then that's exactly what happens and it just it was weird to me it's like the devastation was so absolute that not but a crater was left in the scorched earth and then also there's happy and then some dog tags that'll help tony <laughs> track the dude down later yeah but
1: Okay, what's your, okay what's your get, this is, yeah, this is yeah, a go. hard
0: point to defend, Dan. I'm interested. No, I don't think it is
1: because I think he, in that moment, is not standing right next to the person who's going to explode. And not only that, he has enough time to react, run, and get behind that thing. But we also see the distance at which things are affected in Tennessee when we see the second explosion. And if you notice, the crater is like, four feet away from the marks on the wall where the people's shadows are due to the explosion. And at that point, Happy is bare minimum 40 feet out from the from the explosion and behind a structure in that moment. And it's not like he gets up and walks away and everything's fine, right? He's in the hospital for the entirety of the movie, out in a coma, like doesn't wake up.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a thing I didn't get is that the crater that happy's in is like fucking gigantic but the crater in tennessee is like super tiny but like they show both craters it's a tiny ass crater in tennessee and it's like a big ass crater in like see i didn't think it was a big ass crater in the first one i thought the it
1: there was debris everywhere which made it look shitty obviously in the sure. general area but the crater itself i didn't see as being okay much well bigger. explain the dog
0: tags then dan Explain the dog uh, tags. Look,
1: dog tags are made to uh, 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 survive 3,000 mm-hmm. degree uh, yeah. Celsius explosions. Oh, uh, okay.
0: And you
2: don't know they might be made of uh, vibranium. They, partly. Yeah, they injected <laughs> yeah, vibranium the, dog tags.
1: Yeah, they injected the extremis with uh, into
0: the dog tags. Oh, so right. Okay. okay sure.
1: That's that's what happened. So okay. I cool. Will not,
0: I'll no, not take any further
1: comments on the dog. dog. You're right. That's not a hard uh,
0: point to defend. I completely agree with you. I never <laughs> thought of it like that. That's actually a fantastic scene, and it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Happy is the one who's going to push Tony over the edge here uh, when it comes to the Mandarin, uh, because now it's personal. Uh, we get another Mandarin scene talking about fortune this cookies. This is one of my and, favorite uh, parts, too, because he's like, yeah. he's
2: like a little fact about fortune cookies. They look Chinese. <laughs> yeah. They sound Chinese. <laughs> I don't know man. The, the the lines that they give this guy it's just funny that they have Ben Kingsley, a dude who is like not Asian, deliver this line about how fortune cookies look Asian or like look Chinese. It's just because people probably already didn't like the fact that he wasn't Asian to begin with. Yeah. being called the mandarin like i'm pretty sure the mandarin is an asian character and so yes. just to give this white dude <laughs> this line about fork and cookies oh cherry on top yeah good job Iron yeah Man it three.
1: was uh yeah well and i feel like maybe this was also kind of subtle hints to the audience that maybe hey this isn't the mandarin uh obviously which we end up finding out later and also you know, I don't remember at the time when it first came out, but I wonder, too, if people were like, this is just really odd. Like, something's really off about them casting Ben Kingsley in this role since they've already mentioned the Ten Rings. And it seems like the Ten Rings don't play a big role, but somehow they're putting Mandarin in here. I don't know. Some, But uh, I do remember watching this in the movie theater and people, like, losing their mind when it turns out that he is not actually the Mandarin uh, sure. this was a really talked about thing when this first happened uh and a lot of people tried to keep spoiler free for the people who hadn't seen the movie yet
0: yeah yeah we have uh uh so then we have uh uh the uh whoa scene where uh stark is being accosted by reporters and everyone's snapping pictures and he is and and they say hey what what do you what do you think about this mr stark and he's like And he's like, you know what? Here's my home address. I'm going to give this to you. And if you want to come to kill me, you son of a bitch, come do it at my house. And then he takes the guy's phone and smashes it for some reason, uh, which I didn't really get the point of.
1: Yeah, because that guy said he wanted him
0: to go kill him right and
1: Tony he's not a killer
0: okay well, right but he then is, he right? was like I but then he was like I will kill him I'm going to kill him fuck yeah, yeah, you he's and Batman. he's like is that what you wanted and then he takes the guy's Bill phone me. and he breaks it yeah and it's just like okay I guess well, yeah no I, I get guess, it because
2: I, the paparazzi and the media fucking suck and he's probably just like yeah, yeah fuck true. you
0: yeah but he's like surrounded yeah. by them it would have made more sense if he was just. It, yeah, it, but it it's wouldn't the exciting. It guy. would have been. It would have been cooler if he just started smashing <laughs> Yeah, if he just cameras. went on a rampage. <laughs> yeah. That would have been tight. He's like he grabs one guy's phone, and he grabs another guy's phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have liked that scene more. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, yeah.
1: uh, they the Mandarin wastes no time uh, because literally in the next scene. Uh, Maya's gonna show up to the house, uh, to warn Tony that maybe he's, uh, playing with fire here in the way that he shouldn't be, uh, and they waste absolutely no time, and we've got three helicopters coming into, uh, the area to shoot missiles into Tony's house, which, by the way, uh, I don't think anyone needed the address to determine where Tony's house was.
2: I think that was all for theater. Right. it was
1: yeah it was definitely for theater i would agree uh, yeah we also because, we, al- yeah, we also
0: get that. like a classic dumb movie line in here and it is it is it is such a classic dumb movie line where uh like tony and pepper are arguing over something and maya's in the living room and there's like live footage of tony's house and then maya goes uh Guys, <laughs> and then looks over at the TV as the missile's coming towards the house. And I, I, I enjoyed that. I'm like, but she says, is this something we need to worry yeah. about? <laughs> Just, oh yeah, guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, I know. Uh, yep. Well, this is the scene where uh John does not like the rocks uh from the falling house. Uh, so that's no
2: no no like, the the rocks uh the the bad rocks come later when he calls oh. all of the the suits. It's Act Three fight.
0: That's that's when
1: that oh, happens. Oh, you mean when the hole in the ground is yeah. opening up and yeah. the. Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: I'll 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 say during this too that like uh to sort of like rebuke a previous point I made perhaps a bit, because I gave gave kind of a nice review of the CGI. When the missiles hit the house and Tony and Pepper are flying through the air, that shit sucked. Like, that was, like, so not good. Like, and not believe... It was weird. It didn't look right. And then when they're flying through the air and then Tony, like, kind of selflessly gives Pepper a suit, like, in slow motion, and they're, like, both flying... Like, that whole thing was so janky to me. Like, that segment... I did I did i yeah, yeah I did I, I, I wasn't get a fan. what you mean,
2: um, but also it's a really hard shot to do, so I kind of just like give him a lot of leeway with that, um because sure. it wasn't like it wasn't immersion breaking for me, it was just like, oh, that's a little weird, but it's fine. I will say though that uh when he's like on the ground, there's rubble falling, and there's one about to hit him in the face. And she like crawls over him in the Iron Man suit. I thought that was kind of hot. And if anyone wants to replicate that <laughs> with me, that that'd be cool. Hit me up. Okay. Yeah. Is I it will. Because
1: you you only see the Iron Man suit and not her face, and that you yeah. Just I just were want someone to,
2: to dress up in the Iron Man suit and crawl over. <laughs> <me>? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Hell that yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, but this is also the first look in the fact that Tony is thinking about pepper when designing these suits and thinking about her safety and in kind of the future of what things you know they may run into where pepper may also need uh some type of uh support to be able to survive these types of instances so i thought that was pretty interesting to see the the suit be able to already be pre-programmed to go to pepper like that
2: i mean the man's paranoid he's got he's got backups on backups except for yeah. except for um you know uh, a sensor to tell if missiles are coming at his house that he doesn't have a backup for that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. That's
0: true. Yeah, I mean and th- there was like a lot of stuff here too. Like Maya just walks up and then they like kind of try and explain it away because Tony's like, "Oh, hey, I thought I put the system on high alert." Yeah. Dang it. But I'm like, "I don't accept that as an explanation. <laughs> like what the fuck, dude?" But Yeah, so then, like, Pepper and Maya, like, get clear of the house, Tony gets a suit, and uh, it's really nice of the bad guys to, like, not shoot him until he gets his Iron Man suit, just a thing I noticed, it's like, there's bullets flying everywhere, and everything's missing him until he gets the suit on, and then the bullets are, like, bouncing off the suit, and it's like, that was cool that they waited, Uh, but then, but I don't think the
1: point of this was to kill Tony. Right? Because Killian clearly wants Tony to work on his project. He he. The whole point of Killian coming to Tony and coming to Pepper and all this is that he needs Tony to develop Extremis to be what it could be without people becoming bombs. Right? Sure. So... I mean,
0: that's Wait, so just the way that fire,
2: I view it. Why fire missiles, but so, like, yeah. But so, like, why? It, yeah,
0: it's it, yeah. So why blow up his house yeah. with missiles while he's inside? Is it because you to just like to make the Mandarin a real threat? Right, because <laughs> you just like trust Tony's ability to survive yeah. that. Well, yes. <laughs>
1: hmm. huh. Yeah, I think
0: so. That's a it's a big okay.
2: assumption
1: to make.
0: It's a big assumption. I will say though that like this next scene, uh, check it out. This is a, a, a another exciting addition. Uh, do you have the do you have the do you have the do you have the theme music ready there, Dan? Uh, whoa! Hey, welcome to Christian's corner of things. He actually kind of liked. Oh, right. here we go. It's a wow. new. It's a new. It's a new addition. I thought the scene where he gets like the electrical cord wrapped around his neck and then pulled down into the bottom of the ocean. That was cool. I was like the whole the whole time I was watching it. I was like, hey, that's fun. Fuck it, dude. Like I you know. Like, I will say in this movie more than other ones that we've watched, uh, because like, you know, I sit like I, I I sit there and I, you know, write down like little observations while I'm watching these movies. And this one more than other ones had moments where like I'm not furiously scribbling like something happens and I actually just sit there and I just kind of watch it like, uh, you know, like, and this was one of those parts too, where he's like kind of getting pulled down and like the thrusters aren't working. And Jarvis is like, everything's fucked up dude like it's not good and then he gets kind of buried under rubble under the ocean I was just sort of like oh that's fun but then they also sort of do the very convenient again Marvel thing where it's like the thrusters aren't aren't working we don't have working thrusters and then just when it looks like all hope might be lost they're like okay now the thrusters are online and then he gets himself out of the ocean where it's just kind of again it's just sort of this like point of convenience where it's like well, oh okay. I mean
1: the alternative would be he dies
0: right of course but i, I like I, I get that like and, yeah. and, and it's it's a very minor nitpick <laughs> but i'm just saying that that happens a lot in these movies where it's just like he ambiguously can't do something until this equally ambiguous point in the future where now suddenly he just can because mechanics behind the scenes uh, now have lined up in such a way where he's allowed to do it and don't think about it too much Yes, exactly. Don't think about it too much.
1: God, yeah, it's a fucking. Well, at least movie. you get it now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did like how the gauntlet comes off though and pulls him out of the water like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was kind uh, of like, wouldn't that then, like depressurize his suit, like fuck his? Yeah, that's why something? Jarvis says, "Hold your breath." Uh, and because the, the water's going to get flooded in the That's why
0: Jarvis says, hold your breath. Okay, I get that. That's fun. Yeah, so
1: now you like that scene even more. Now right? I like that scene even more. Good job, dude. Oh, wow. God, that's I'm crazy. crazy. I feel like a winner today. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, he ends up five miles outside of Rose Hill, Tennessee, which is where he had pre-programmed the suit uh, previous to these missile attacks. Uh, and we get to see the first look at the kid with the uh, potato gun, Harley, uh, and then we also realized that Stark has been presumed dead at
0: this point. Dude, there is a very funny part in this scene, and I noticed it. I, and, yeah, and then I, I, know. I, I, well it's, it's probably not what you think it is. And then I rewinded oh, really? the movie just to make sure that I had seen it correctly. Cause Harley comes in with the potato gun. And first of all, I don't like this character. I get it's like, it's there it's trying to like humanize Stark cause again, it's the classic. It's like if there's a child in peril, the hero will save him and it sort of endears the audience to the hero, but if there's a child in peril based upon a bad guy it makes the bad guy seem even worse in juxtaposition it's the we, we we've seen it over and over and over in these movies but there's like a scene where Harley comes in has a potato gun uh also dan just made a face at me by the we have seen it over (laughs) and over i just wanted to say really quick but um like nobody would have known that i made that face right i'm telling i'm 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 telling the audience the face was made Uh, yeah but um yeah so uh you know so harley comes in whatever and then they have this like little like conversation where um like He's like, oh, are you Iron Man? And he's like, I, yes, I'm the, me- I'm the mechanist, uh, which the mechanic, mechanic, the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian Bale. I, I'm, I'm yeah, the, okay. I'm the, yeah, anyway, but he, uh, like, which is also kind of a juxtaposition that comes up later because like at this point in the movie, he's sort of not referring to himself as Iron Man anymore, but it, that that's a theme that it, so it's like, so now he's like, I'm the mechanic, like he's not calling himself Iron Man. And that's important for, uh, you know, the overall theme of the story. But anyway, the kid's like, you're supposed to be dead. And he hands him like a newspaper that says like, you know, Tony Stark dead or whatever. But that seems like funny because he's not like he doesn't like he's just holding a newspaper. Like he walks in and he's not holding a newspaper and then they're talking and then he like and then like a newspaper materializes in his hand that he then like gives to Tony. And it's just like it's just it's just a little thing I caught that I was like, oh, shit, look at that. And then I rewinded it to make sure. But um, there's no there's no indicate it's like it's like it's a seamless transition between him not holding a newspaper. And now suddenly a newspaper just popped up in his hand and he hands it to Tony. And I just thought that was fun.
2: Yeah, the kid just had a newspaper
0: that- on hand. Yeah he, just, yeah, he just has a newspaper <laughs> that he didn't pick up from anywhere or whatever, yeah. and he's not holding it when he walks in. It's not present in the scene anywhere. They're talking. It's cutting back and forth. And then... Like it's like it cuts to Tony, cuts to him, cuts to Tony, cuts to him, and he just has a newspaper in his hand that he's holding that he then just gives to Tony. Yeah, if there's one thing that we know yeah. about
2: kids: it's that they love reading the newspaper. Right. Yeah, this well, is and,
0: 2013 when all kids had
1: newspapers in the back pocket.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, and they love just materializing objects out of thin air. Like that guy was like yeah. the real superhero. Yeah, I love doing that when I was a kid.
1: It turns out yeah. Harley is actually Loki.
0: Right. Yeah, mm. damn it. Yeah, oh, again yeah. And, he, and the newspaper is the staff, and the staff can turn into staff. a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing it does. Oh
1: Jesus. Uh well, yeah, so we we get our first interactions between these two. Uh Tony drops a little uh a little a uh, little p word here. oh yeah oh yeah
0: that's funny yeah the kid's like p word. yeah the kid the kid's like the kid's like i don't have a dad and tony's like quit being a pussy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> which that was so yeah. funny to me i was like
1: yeah, yeah dude. i i didn't remember it or expect it in this moment uh, i know but yeah. yeah damn this is funny again like this uh, the the comedy in this movie uh really is stepped up uh from previous uh from the previous phase one movies as a whole yeah and it uh, is it is
0: also like kind that. of funny to like watch some of these like big popular because because the thing about like a popular blockbuster movie is that like. They're not going to try to do anything that is going to like, you know, be like a scandal or deemed like so offensive that it might like, you know, hurt their bottom line or like lose them out on money. It's like it's like these things kind of tend to follow whatever the popular current trends are. And so it it has been interesting, like, going back and watching these, like, old, like, huge Hollywood blockbusters, and it's just like... I mean, in this movie, it's like, we already had a gay joke, and then also he, like, calls the kid a pussy, and I just wonder uh, if you would really see that within the current Marvel canon. I feel like these things are almost time capsules to, like, a a older era. There's also sort of to talk uh, to a point that we had kind of brought up before one thing in this scene that happened that I thought was kind of dumb uh is that uh the kid's looking at the suit and he's like oh this is cool but I would have added some retro flex mechanics to make it go stealth mode and Tony's like what a great idea. I should do that. And it's kind of like, you know, it is, it, it does this kid like possess knowledge of these suits that like Tony, like, do, like, isn't that something that like Tony would have already thought of? Like, it doesn't. Well, two things. One,
1: uh, the, uh, shield ship, whatever, if the fuck it was called now had those panels. And clearly the ship was revealed as part of what happens in the Avengers movie, right? So sure. It's not unrealistic to think that like people now know about this thing that fell out of the sky during everything that happened in the Avengers movie. And then to take that material and put it on a Iron Man suit is not a stretch. I don't think that Tony never thought about it. I don't think that. See, I, mean, yeah, I feel like he was just
2: humoring t- the kid at that point. But see, but, yeah. but, but
0: but but Tony like doesn't humor the kid at all in, in any of the other and like all and like so many of his deliveries are these like sarcastic and now this is just going to get into a thing of like you know personal interpretation of the scene that will sure, never end sure. so we can brush past. I'm just saying that it's like he's he's just like snarky 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 and then the kid says this thing he's like oh that's actually a really good idea. I should I should I should. Yeah, consider- but why would he give him that?
1: is my point. If he's continuing to be snarky and not giving him anything. Right, because he's only be,
0: like nice to people when it benefits. Like, you know, he's like, oh, like you, you're you, my intellectual equal in this moment. We're setting it up for the audience. So you're like a really smart kid. It's like, oh, you, you provide some sort of scientific benefit to the situation. And now the whole audience will look upon this and realize that it's like, oh, this kid knows what he's talking about. Which is also kind of like, again, convenience. Yeah, it's like, convenient. oh, okay. Out of all the places in Tennessee, the, you know, fucking Stark ends up in this, like you know, it's like the first building he finds is like a warehouse capable of like producing shit, you know. And, and it's and it's this kid, and where this, and you know, where 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 are the parents? We get a little line about the mom. Maybe they're just sort of absentee. I don't I fucking I don't know, dude. Anyway, it, it convenient. Mar- Marvel convenience. This is a big Marvel convenience scene for me. Yeah,
2: I actually I actually like the the dynamic between um Tony and the kid. I didn't like the kid yeah. actor. I thought the kid actor was trash, but um when oh, Jesus. when he is just being a kid and like nonstop rapid fire a- asking questions that worked because it was just him being a kid and delivering lines as a kid would um yeah but when he actually had to show emotion and act that's when i was like i don't care about this kid at all um yeah but i i like that it showed like the- the the kind of like human like you said the human side of tony like the the one that actually cares about people even if he is like a sarcastic asshole
1: yeah and uh this is uh where maya shows up uh with pepper to say i think my boss is working with the mandarin that's why i wanted to warn tony um and then we see killian walking into the sound stage room where they film the mandarin videos which is now, showing us that, yes, it is factual that Killian is working with the Mandarin. Mm. Still no reveal as to the fact master? that it's not. Yeah, calling him master, and everyone seems to be in on it. It's unclear at that moment how many people are in on it, but uh, at, uh, later on we end up uh, realizing that a lot of people around him seem to know as well, which, again... Uh, keeping that secret under wraps is uh, uh pretty impressive uh with all the technology that's around there um and then Tony and the kid will go check out the bomb site uh in Rose Hill, Tennessee. Um and this is where we see the, the crater size. This is where we see the shadows on the wall of the people that were uh
0: incinerated in that moment. Uh and it and was they, uh, and 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 they went to heaven. But then the other, but then the guy that didn't leave a shadow, it's because he went to hell. I actually really like well, that
2: explanation because that is some shit that, the, like, the local people would come up with. Right, that's Kenya, like, that's yeah, like, that's
0: yeah. like some, that's like, yeah, that's like, that's like, for sure. I Because I, like, I kind of grew up in, like, a small town, too, you know, and it, it is, it is true. Like, if, if there was an explosion and there were six shadows, but then the guy that exploded didn't, uh, there probably would have been a lot of religious dogma yeah to that, like, memorial site. Yeah, and then we get the rapid-fire
1: questions triggering uh, Tony Mm -hmm. again to have his uh, uh, panic attack in uh, in the streets while talking about New York.
2: So, like, this is one of the last times that we see him have a panic attack, I think, in the movie. And this is something that, like, I wanted to touch on at least once is that they don't really matter. Like, the panic attacks don't really matter. Um Tony's struggle with PTSD and panic attacks don't really matter to the story or his like overall character arc, I think in this movie because it just kind of like he he comes off of the Avengers and now he has PTSD and then at the end of the movie he's just like somehow like okay.
1: I mean, to end the movie, he kind of is saying that he's going to like take a clean slate, obviously with the clean slate protocol and get rid of all the suits and starting fresh and all that. But this is not the last time that we see Tony's anxiety right. affect him. Right. So it's not like this is it. And now all of a sudden he's great for the rest of the movies that he's a part of through Endgame, you know?
2: Yeah. I'm just saying it wasn't like it wasn't cohesive. Like a lot of the themes in this movie aren't very cohesive because you have the panic attack thing and then you have like him connecting with the kid, which doesn't. really I mean, like it plays a part in like humanizing Tony, but humanizing Tony wasn't really a, a, like a theme that was strung throughout the entire movie it's just like they have a bunch of like cool things that they're doing with the character but none of them mesh together in this movie like they kind of make them points of growth throughout the entire mcu but as a movie on its own none of them really do anything for each other and i have one more point later on about a theme that isn't really cohesive with the rest of the movie either but we'll get to that one Sure. Uh, Yeah.
0: Well, we have uh, here we have uh, another string of convenient Marvel things, a bunch of convenient Marvel things all happen at once. He uh, shows up to a bar to uh, meet with the mother of the guy who blew up and conveniently enough, she's at the bar, which is uh, good fortune. And conveniently enough, she also uh, has a file of classified documents for some fucking reason. Uh, She's uh, set there to meet um, someone else to give them the files. Uh, conveniently, Tony finds her before uh, that's set to happen. And conveniently, she doesn't realize that Tony isn't the one that's supposed to get the files. And uh, wouldn't you know, it's so convenient because after he gets the files, the person that was going to take the files away and blow the whole thing sky high actually walks into the bar as this is transpiring. Uh, So, if this had happened two minutes later, uh, uh, things wouldn't have been so convenient for your boy, Tony Stark. Yeah, it's
1: almost like it's a a movie with a written script. No, no, you're not uh, allowed to do that. You're not. You're not. not, It's it's not. It's not. But also, they weren't her files, to be clear. Uh Uh-huh. They were her son's files that he would have had at the house that he lived at. Right? And so... It's not like she just had classified information for funsies, right? Right,
0: because because when people uh, undergo very experimental military procedures, they just say, "Okay, here's a Manila envelope full of yes. secrets. Please put this somewhere safe in your home." And exactly. uh, it says, it says classified across it, so you should understand the severity of this. We need you to have this, you know, just, just for your own reference, but just make sure no one else sees this.
1: I mean, there might have been a previous president who took home classified information to their uh, place in uh, Florida.
0: Uh, anyways, uh, so, you, know, you know, I was they were joking just acting out Iron when Ram I 3. said at the top that this was a political podcast, yeah. Dan,
1: <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm just saying... Life events are following Iron Man 3.
0: I guess that's what my point is. (laughs) Is that that, 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 that what you're saying? Yeah. I guess Uh that
1: Iron Man 3 was what was really ahead of its time. Not your opinion. Right. Sure. That's what it really was. Granted. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So they get into uh, some fights here and we really see the, uh, the healing powers of Extremis in this Mm -hmm. moment as the uh, fake Homeland security lady walks through fire And I was curious, uh, seeing these, it reminds me of, um, like, horror movies where you see monsters that have those very, like, broken-limbed kind of weird movements and stuff. As she was coming out of the fire, it almost reminded me of kind of like a a monster in a horror movie, the way that she was coming out of that. yeah. Uh, And as our resident... Horror
0: aficionado uh, Christian. I'm curious mm-hmm. if
1: you also think that as well.
0: Yeah, I actually thought those scenes were really well done. I like yeah. like like legit like the, the, like those were those were parts of the movie I actually enjoyed. Um, I thought that. Yeah, I mean, and like and it was even kind of like that in Hulk too. honestly, where it's like I know that like, you know, we just spent the entire time shitting on Hulk and I will happily shit on Hulk anytime it comes up. But I will say that like I thought it was Dan gave it a seven, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but like, I will say that like I thought like the end of Hulk was like actually kind of a high point, uh, like for me because like I like when they sort of like, bec- uh, like okay, so maybe maybe this is like a more succinct way to say it. Superpowers are inherently scary. Like it's inherently kind of a scary thing. If there's, like, a malfeasant entity intent on doing you harm, and you fundamentally don't have the ability to stop it in, like, a, you know, meaningful way, right? Like, and... So I so I so I, but like I feel like that theme doesn't get explored that often, you know, um because it's like, you know, it's just sort of like, oh, it's a guy with powers fighting another guy with powers and it's like bright and sunny and they're flying around the sky and it's expl- you know, it's kind of campy. But I liked how like with some of the villains in this one, they sort of, like 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 they almost kind of make them like Terminator style entities where it's like, you can't do shit to them. They're fucking, they're glowing red. They're burnt. They look like disfigured and evil. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're coming at you. And like, despite Tony's best attempts, like, you know, the best that he can hope to do is just sort of stall them while he's like working out a larger plan. And I did think that that was cool. I do, however, also think that it suffered from a thing that is, again, pretty common in the MCU where it's like, She's super strong and like busting down doors and like throwing Tony around rooms, but then there's like a point where he kind of like has her in like a chokehold thing and she like takes a second to get out of it. Like it's like this shit, it's like it's like she's really, 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 really strong. But then sometimes it's like she loses the ability to be really strong when it when there needs to be a little tension. And then she like digs deep within her and then like finds the strength to be super powered again. And her power level kind of goes from like 10 to one to 10 to one to 10 to one throughout the entire thing. Um, but, you know, I do like how at the end, it's like the only way that he could finally finish her off was he had to like electrocute her on some pad. Like he had to do damage that was so severe that like you yeah. know she couldn't just regenerate from it but also uh hey pretty 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 convenient that that explosion knocked her into some power lines isn't it it's a pretty whew, lucky lucky those were there
1: yeah it um, was lucky
0: I was it, yeah, i just have like absolutely.
2: one it, this is an extreme nitpick okay here we this go this is extreme nitpick but extremis is supposed to have the power to um regenerate like your lost limbs or whatever and like super healing powers so why does she still have scars on her face
1: uh are well I guess the question is are scars something that would need to regenerate well I mean
2: if you're like if, if you're when healing, you get the
0: injections
2: like, it's like dead yeah, You know, skin. I guess I guess Right. Yeah. I, like, I,
0: I, you know what? I yeah. I, I hadn't really thought about it, but I guess that that is kind of true because it's like he's like blasting other people in the face, and they're just like fully healing. Yeah. But then for whatever reason, she just still. Wa- maybe it's maybe it's if I can play the role of Dan for a moment. Okay, let me just put on my Dan hat really quick. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Joking. Um, like, <laughs> oh, no. If I get. If I get. Like if, if I could If I can play the role. Yeah, thank you so much. If I can play the role of Dan for a minute. Maybe it's because like, well, no, that wouldn't make sense. I was going to say injuries I, you sustain before you get the injection, but it's like she didn't have an arm yeah, in that have heel. An arm. <laughs> yeah, you're well, right. But, I don't I don't like again, that either. That's I don't fucking know with me now.
1: I don't know that the body interprets a scar as something that needs to be solved or fixed. That's what I'm trying to get to is like extremis is essentially boosting some part of the body by slotting in something into this empty hole in someone's brain apparently but the brain has to then trigger the healing process and if the brain doesn't consider a scar to be something that needs to be regenerated then it wouldn't right so if she had that scar and it doesn't affect the use of her body in any way shape or form and doesn't affect the functionality the extremists wouldn't need to regenerate that. You know what I mean? Like if she were to cut that part of her face off, then the scar would go away. Mm. That's the way that I view it.
0: Yeah, I think um I see both of your points and I think that my uh what what I what I can what I can rest on in this is that uh Indy, Dan, Dan, I can see your head cannon and accept that as head canon, but I think John's right in that initially uh, it was okay. an oversight. Well, I'm so that's what I think. I'm so shocked. Hey, I, you I know, I accept so your head shocked. canon. That is a that is a fair explanation to something that was never meant to be looked into exactly. at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think
1: anybody ever expected anyone would look at these movies in such detail that we are, so I guess that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um. Cool. Okay. So now we're uh, uh again with uh, the Mandarin and the Ten Rings, and we've got the uh, accountant for the Roxon Oil Corporation. Uh, and if the president doesn't call in thirty seconds, he's gonna shoot him right in the head. Uh, and the president decides to call and shoots him anyways.
0: Yeah, that was fucking sick, yeah, dude. I like, <laughs> I like that. I was like, I was like, I, yeah, dude. I was like, fuck yeah. I like, yeah, dude. No, that was like, that was like the moment in time when I was just kind of like. The Mandarin's cool. I like, I still wasn't <laughs> totally sold. I was like, maybe, it, you know, I was, I was on the fence. It could go either way. And then after he's like, you know, the, pre- the president needs to call me and then I won't kill this guy. And then the president calls and he shoots him anyway. I was like, that's badass dude. Like that was sick.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I knew that you would like that moment. And I also figured that you wouldn't know that he's not really the Mandarin. I, I didn't at that point. Which uh made me laugh harder because I knew that you were gonna like this character more and more and then realize that he's not really that character. And right. I guess mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to that here in a little um, bit. Another and, uh, nitpick
2: that I just I just have to get this yeah, in of because course. what during that during that scene where he's talking to the president and it's like being broadcast on all the TVs, there's like the scene in a bar, it's like a very darkly lit bar, and it like they have like four TVs in the bar, and you can totally tell that the scene of the mandarin that was being broadcast to the televisions wasn't actually happening in studio they just like took the video and then like cropped it and tracked it onto the screens of the tvs in the scene yeah in post yeah. and i was just like why didn't you just it's such an easy thing to get right i don't know why you had to do that in post but
1: did it look bad? I don't remember. Oh, it dude, looking I, bad. I I
2: I said I paused the movie and I laughed at it for like five
1: minutes. <laughs> 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 Jesus, Okay. Anyway, okay, well, uh, <laughs> uh, this is where Iron Patriot's gonna be sent uh, to find the Mandarin. Right, and, and uh, now,
0: and now, and now we get a little, and now we get a little uh, classic Iron Man movie. It's doing what Iron Man does best, which is harassing people in Pakistan. Okay, <laughs> so, really, I was like, I was like, are we going to see a scene where he goes to Pakistan and fucks with people? And you know what? I was starting to get worried that might not be in this movie. But fortunately, we got that.
1: Well, uh, this brings us to my next uh, uh, favorite segment of the show, where I talk about technology things that don't make any sense. Whoa. Hey, look at that. Uh, And this one is Iron Patriot holding his hand to his head as he talks on the phone. Uh, Yeah, right. There's... the the blue the 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 phone is in his helmet the mic is in his helmet because his voice doesn't necessarily come out of the suit like he's talking into a microphone in his hand or something everything's in the helmet so there's multiple times in this movie where in the iron man suit and the iron patriot suit they hold their hand to their head as they're talking on the phone for no reason this is only in this movie it didn't happen in iron man 2 didn't happen in Avengers when Tony was trying to call Pepper. It's not like he was holding the missile with one hand and holding his right. hand to the other to his head to try to talk to Pepper. And I just like to uh, so this is another weird uh, of thing. what your
2: role is in this podcast is to make us <laughs> I know, like I just movies.
1: I I I, do, I I the technology things, I can't get past them. Yeah. I work in IT, it just it it doesn't it doesn't I, well, I can't some, an well so,
0: sometimes when I'm in the grocery store and I'm wearing my AirPods and I get a phone call, I'll like I'll answer it. But then I'll, like, still kind of hold the phone up, like, close to my face a little <laughs> bit, even though it doesn't actually, I know it doesn't matter. Uh. But I'm signaling to the people around me that I'm not insane. I'm like, no, 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 no. See, this is I'm, I'm taking a phone call right now. So maybe in Got that it. moment, Iron Patriot was just a little self-conscious. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in front room- of the people who didn't understand anything he was saying <laughs> or understand that-
1: why he was there. Yeah, that Well, no, sense,
0: they-, well, no sure. they did understand because they laugh at his password. Yeah, that's true. Again, also, why is the speaker to the (laughs) phone...
1: Like, loud enough that people outside... Yeah,
0: so none of the technology... Broadcasting out to these Pakistani civilians that he's threatening with violence.
1: Yeah, (laughs) let me be super clear. I know I'm picking on these technology things in the moment, but I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um, But I can't can't let things go if they really did uh, affect me like that. Uh, Right. Which, unfortunately, now we're going to see another section here uh, because now we are seeing Tony trying to find a way to get into... Uh, uh, his system to be able to uh, hack in and get to the internet. And he gets into this news van uh, and his biggest fan uh, with the same facial hair uh, catches him in the news van where uh, we hear another technology thing. I just... god damn it and he it's says, pre- and
0: it's, look, it's it's pretty convenient that he ended up inside of this van with the guy that was his number one fan who he could talk a little shop with anyway back to you dan
1: well of course yeah and then he tells him i need you to pump up the isdn yeah uh that's it's just that's not, what is an ISDN? not it uh, isdn stands for integrated services digital network which is essentially transmitting data in voice through phone lines okay has nothing to do with satellite or internet service or getting faster internet so saying pump up the isdns is nothing now if he said pump up the mbps oh okay all right now we're actually talking in the realm of possibility and what's funny is that Right before he says that line, he runs a speed test on on (laughs) speedtest.net, actually. Uh, And it says MBPS on the fucking screen right there. So, look, don't mess with technology in these movies, okay? Just, if you're going to do it, make it so scientifical that there's no background for it, or don't talk about it at all. Uh, Because that's the only thing that will trigger me in these movies is terrible usage of terms of technology. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah uh <laughs> so uh tony's able to find interviews of uh people who've gone through the extremist trials and see uh that when is a bomb not a bomb it's when, when, it's, a, it's, a when it's a when it's a when it's a ga,
0: I, I, when see, it's a misfire see, sir,
2: this is what you guys probably missed right okay so the villain of the oh. movie his name is the mandarin right and he's, he, he's giving Tony some little... He's dropping little clues whether it's on purpose or not. And so Tony eventually le- gets led to the question of when is a bomb not a bomb? And the answer is in the villain, when it's a man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Right. That's... Rin. Yeah, Office. Yeah. exactly. There you go. You yeah. got it. Okay, great. I'm well, glad you're tracking okay, those. Yeah,
1: Duh. Yeah, Rin.
0: Okay. Uh, Rin, yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, that was a good podcast, everybody. Yep, that's it. Thanks so much.
1: Uh, No, so uh, we do get another uh, Tony anxiety attack, by the way. And this is where he's left the news station. He's heading uh, wherever he's going uh, to try to uh, take down uh, the people at this Miami, Florida house, which is where Jarvis has discovered uh, they are doing the Mandarin videos from... Uh, and he pulls over to the side of the road and has his anxiety attack before the kid kind of talks him down from it uh, to get him to uh, be a mechanic. Right. Why don't you build something? And Tony goes, yeah, OK, that's a good idea. And gets back in the car and goes and decides to build something. Uh, so I think this is the last time we see the anxiety attacks mm-hmm. uh, spawn up for for Tony in this moment. Uh, and so he makes a bunch of weapons. Yep, and then oh, we yeah. get,
0: like, a a, a Hitman-style infiltration sequence where he, uh, armed with a bunch of yeah. uh, homemade weapons, uh, runs around murdering goons. Yeah. I love that Home Absolutely. Depot
2: just, like, allowed him to buy all the ingredients for, like,
0: bombs. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, oh, he's yeah, white.
2: It's fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, you, 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 you probably could. Like, I don't know. I could probably go to Home Depot and just buy the ingredients for bombs, white. you know? That's true. I am very white. Yeah. So like very but
1: like yeah extremely yeah like you Not had a mullet for a long time do you saw I a mullet? i don't know no no I I used to have I, a I, mullet. oh yeah it's gone now
0: yeah okay. it, gets, it gets it gets very hot in the arizona at summertime oh, so I'm, i decided i'm to, aware yeah i uh you know i i i, I sacrificed style for comfort this summer <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh tony now discovers the mandarin there he is he's sitting Right, he's coming out of the bathroom saying how nobody should go in there classic uh ace ventura line popping out of the bathroom Whoa, yeah no one should go in there yeah
0: i like i was like i don't know that didn't feel totally necessary to me like i don't know i i i, I noticed that i'm just like does it like like does this movie like need a shit joke like like what like what do we lose right now well, yeah. i thought it was a nice stark
1: <laughs> stark contrast. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, well, hey like uh, tony oh my god i think it was meant to in that moment make the audience go wait what the f- fuck is going on as he walks out of this bathroom and makes a weird comment in a different accent uh did it need to be a poop joke personally i think it did right yeah well you would i think that all humor in the end comes back to poop jokes sure yeah
0: which also makes sense as to why you're such a big fan of marvel (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: exactly because of the poop jokes uh i really again the performance here of ben kingsley i think john mentioned it earlier too i really like both of his portrayals the evil yeah. guy and the the looney tune of trevor slattery um and when he starts to fall asleep as tony's talking to him was just so good i loved this whole scene of them talking to each other uh, And him trying to get the information out of him of who he is. Uh, This was really well done on both sides, in my opinion.
0: There's also a part in this scene where it's like, there's like two like women in the bed right. that are kind of implied to be prostitutes. And then he sort of shoes them away so that they can have a conversation. And then they both walk into the bathroom and they're like, ew, it smells like shit in here. And I like, I was like, like, <clears throat> Whenever I see scenes like these in movies, it always kind of cracks me up because I just imagine like an actress like really trying to make it in Hollywood, you know, she like moves out. She like, you know, get like leaves her small town, changes her name to like a stage name, gets a bunch of plastic surgery to, you know, like be able to sort of have the Hollywood look is going to auditions is going to casting calls, like living in like shitty apartments, just like trying like throwing everything to the wall finally gets the role like auditions to be like prostitute girl in iron man and you know it's not like the lead role that she really wanted but hey fuck it she's canon in an mcu movie this is gonna look really good hopefully she can sort of springboard this into other things she sort of excitedly calls her family and friends tells them that the audition went well she got the role now she's at a bar they're all having drinks everyone's like really really happy for her, you know, she sort of stars in her eyes, sees her future unfolding in front of her, and then she's just the butt of a shit joke.
2: The butt of a shit or, joke, or
0: or this person
1: then gets to be in a one point <laughs> two billion dollar uh-huh. grossing movie that sure. was the sixteenth movie ever to hit over a billion dollars, yeah. and she gets to say that she had some type of role in that movie, regardless right. of what it was. Right,
0: and then yeah. and then and then and. And she's like and then she was like she's like oh i i i was i was in Iron Man 3. They're like oh really? Like what part? And she's like yeah don't 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 watch it. You know, don't, yeah don't. <laughs> I was I I was the hot girl that was offended by the smell of fecal matter in Iron Man 3.
2: <laughs> so something that was like really weird to me about about this uh this scene was how like tonally dissonant it got and i guess that that was the point that they were trying to do because like Tony's Invading this like secret headquarters thing um, by himself, and he's supposed to be like the main villain of the story, and then you find out that he's not, and he's just some like weird dude. Um, but it doesn't remove the fact that he, they did have like drugged up prostitutes lying around the house for this for this guy, and the scene of him just like walking in, and the prostitute is like, uh, one of the one of the girls is on the is on the couch. We're assuming that they're prostitutes, right? I mean, because, like, I had an argument with one of my friends that, like, were they prostitutes or were they sex slaves? I don't know. It's Miami, so it's probably prostitutes. But also, like, can we put it past these guys to not have sex slaves? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Also, this is a Disney movie. So, like, either way you spin it, there are prostitutes in this Disney movie. Um but also like this chick is like super out of it she's super drugged up and she's being kind of held at gunpoint by this like henchman with a gun and uh it's just it's just really weird for tony to like break in there and kind of like threaten these prostitutes yeah. to get in the <laughs> yeah. bathroom and then they play it all off as a joke
0: afterwards
2: right. it's just the entire Yeah exa- yeah he's event, like he's event. like
0: yeah, he's like killing everyone and then he comes in and like points a gun at them yeah. and then is like, yeah, like uh, hey, get in the bathroom and they're like, ew, it smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I thought the entire thing was just like weirdly dark and like Yeah,
0: I I, I
1: I I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now we uh, get to see (laughs) what Killian's been up to this whole time. And we get uh, Tony gets captured. He gets brought to some dungeon-ish part of the house uh, and is tied up. And Killian will come in and talk about what he's been doing and that he wants Tony to work on Extremis to be able to finalize it and make sure that people don't blow up. Uh, We also see that Pepper has been injected with Extremis. Uh, and that he better uh help out, or she's gonna get exploded.
0: Right, just um, like like, like just, the other one. Yeah, ju- ju- and also like again, I mean, it sort of speaks to what I was saying like earlier. But I feel like they just did Pepper fucking dirty in this movie, dude. Because again, it's just this like classic damsel in distress. It's like that's sort of all she really amounted to like throughout this thing. And even like when they're like, "Oh, we have Pepper, and we shot her full of drugs," it like kind of made me roll my eyes because it's just sort of it's like it's like of of course you did like that's like you know that's that that that's pepper in this movie just perpetually in distress in needing of being saved by tony
1: yeah and
0: uh Killian just shoots Maya. Maya's dead. That was fucking cool, uh, just, dude. Like just like I was, that. I was I was stoked about that. I was like, hell yeah. I mean, it sucks that, like, you know, the Liv Taylor-Tyler lookalike Tyler. couldn't be, yeah. like, you know, whatever, in the movie a little bit more. But, you know, she got to sure. play her role as the classic Marvel hot girl for the film, you know? And uh, I think she did it all right. Like, why not? Well... I think the most uh, impactful part of this
1: entire scene for me personally was when uh, that uh, idiot smashes the Dora watch um i couldn't yeah. believe it uh that was a limited edition
0: uh yeah. and that wasn't his okay? yeah dude so no I, I gotta say like straight up and this might sound weird coming from me but like legit uh the the two goons that they kind of have like next to tony the one with the long hair especially i was like that's a really good actor dude like, yeah, it's, like it's like it's like all like all of his lines, I was like, "This guy's like really funny." Like it's yeah. like, yeah.
1: and then like he kept up really well with Robert Downey. Jr.
0: Right, because like because Robert Downey Jr. Is doing things, where he's like one, two, three, uh, you know, and yeah. then the, and then the goons <laughs> just kind of like, uh, hey man, is something <laughs> supposed to happen? But it's like, but he's like delivering it really well. Like that was actually like, I feel like. All the attempts at humor in this movie, I noticed that they like they were trying to go into direction where they were like, ha, we're making some parts a little bit more lighthearted, but none of it really hit with me until this. Shocked. And then shocked. But no, but like, but straight up this scene, yeah. I was like, this is actually like 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 funny. Like it was like it yeah. was well written, it was well executed, well acted. I thought it was actually pretty funny.
2: Yeah, I agree. Usually I don't like the undercutting of like tense moments uh with humor, and Marvel does this a lot, but in this specific scene i think it works really well especially after we got the fact that like the mandarin wasn't the mandarin and um this isn't like the climax of the movie this is like the buildup to the climax of the movie so it kind of worked as like a precursor like lighthearted action scene before we get to the actual like climax but then they do it again at the climax and i didn't like that one but i agree yeah. this was this was done really well I think.
0: Sure, yeah. Then we also get uh, in this part uh, what might legitimately be my least favorite scene in the movie right so uh because tony's trying to like call his suit towards him it's already been established the suit is kind of pieced out we got uh that in the intro is a little foreshadowing because now pieces of the suit are going to be flying at him he gets the hand and uses it to break out of his shackles and he's fucking dudes up then he gets the foot and then that like and that and they stomps on a guy's toes and it's a whole thing But then he's like, where are the rest of the pieces of my suit? And then we get a smash cut to Tennessee where uh, there's a barn and the doors of the barn are shaking. And the kid from before is like, oh, Tony must need, he must be calling upon these pieces of his suit. I'm going to go ahead and open the barn door so that the suit can like get to him. And again, it's just like it's like that like his like his suit can't like it's like it's like what can his suit do versus what can't his suit like it can like fly at like supersonic speeds halfway across the country to like attach to him but then like a little rusted chain on an old barn door is enough that like the entirety of the rest of his suit is just stuck in limbo behind it like that, that like that like that's just an exposition scene that's pure pure and simple that is the only reason that that was there and it was kind of dumb like it, it just it like like it didn't need to be there
1: yeah, see, these are the moments where I—it's really interesting doing this podcast because I watch a scene like that and I go, "Oh, that's funny." Yeah, and then I keep watching because I was like, "Oh, that was funny." Like seeing that, I get it, and it also lines up. I don't know. I thought that was funny, but you see it and you go, "Why the fuck did they put this scene in the movie? It's—it wasn't needed. I hate that it existed. Like, our brains are just so different because." Right. Because, I thought that was because, because it was a because fun mines. cut back to the kid. High-minded, you know, yeah. critical, he, very years intelligent, years. intelligent, well-spoken, yeah, sure. charismatic,
0: uh-huh. handsome, my, my mind, as well as my physical form, both of those things. Um, yeah, sure. And, yeah. you know, and I just think that that stands in stark contrast uh, uh-huh. to, exactly. uh, you know, just sort of who you are as a person. So, and, yeah. and I agree, it is interesting and it does make a lot of sense to me. My, my thing about the yeah.
2: scene was, like, his expectations of how quick the things would get to him would be because it seemed like as soon as he did the gesture he was kind of like expecting the gloves to come to his hands but it's like dude the gloves are in Tennessee and you're in Miami like it's gonna take a little bit before they can get to you so like why, why is he expecting that it's just gonna happen as soon as he does the gesture
1: yeah I didn't catch that at the first gesture but I do definitely feel you on the whole uh time that it took to get from Tennessee for the rest of the pieces after they were left from the barn like that. uh, That part I was like, Oh, timing on that seems a little weird, but also didn't stick with me super long. Uh, I did like the pieces of the suit coming in kind of one at a time and him adjusting his fighting technique based on the, pieces that he had in that moment i thought that was really kind of a creative way to do it if you take out the trying to get out of the barn in tennessee part mm -hmm. of it i really liked uh the fact that each piece was kind of coming in and changing his fighting style as he went through that um that was that was a fun scene i also liked that uh the suit wasn't able to fly and watching iron man walk downstairs was pretty pretty funny funny, uh seeing that even if, I don't know the CGI was good or bad, that didn't really stick with me. I was more just laughing at the fact that it's hilarious to walk, watch him walk downstairs like that.
2: I'm wondering how, like, I want to get my own Iron Man suit and try to walk downstairs, because I don't feel
1: like it would be that
2: encumbering,
1: but... Well, but any suit that you would get wouldn't be made out of what no an but that's iron man that's besides be the point i
2: want to get my actual iron man suit made by tony stark and then try it ah. and then be able to compare with that scene in iron man 3 that's all i'm saying no yeah, i think yeah. i could do it better
1: well sure yeah i think you should really show up iron man when you get a real iron man suit and then walk down. yeah when that happens it, we'll do for it sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's definitely going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's also it's also revealed around this point that the vice president is yep. actually evil. He's Whoa. an evil guy because they've captured the real president, and and then uh, the Iron Patriot makes a phone call to the vice president and says, "Hey, man, the real the the Iron Patriots who that's not me. That's this other guy who stole it." So you're going to need to go ahead and uh warn the president war warned the president to which the vice president says oh i will and then he hangs up the phone and he goes psych and then goes back to yeah to like a christmas dinner and then i kind of thought it was funny because then it like zooms in on a girl in the house who i'm assuming is probably his daughter it doesn't really say and it turns out she's an amputee which led him to be eve and it's kind of like in this world, like, I mean, first of all, okay, I get that, like, you know, not having a part of your leg is, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that probably is an encumbrance, but, like, I mean, there's, like, good prosthetics and stuff out there. And, I mean, Tony Stark, like, made the Iron Man. Like, at a certain point, like, I'm just saying there are other avenues that aren't sure. terrorism. Like, I, like, I, like, I don't, like. Yeah, that
2: aren't terrorism or tr- high treason.
0: <laughs> right, like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that it's, like, oh okay well I guess I have to assassinate the fucking president <laughs> you know like it just that was that was that was weird motivation to me like I think it would have made more sense if it was like an ascension thing and you could have just taken out the scene with like the amputee girl and I would have been like oh he's just vying for power in this political right. you know house of cards but then they intentionally show you that there's like a girl there missing a leg and so it's like oh okay so we're, I guess we're meant to believe that this was his motivation but again it's like you're living in superhero world like there's so many things you could do about that like you know and you're the vice president just hire tony stark to make something for you know it's like whatever the but no like she needs that limb regrown the only way that that's gonna happen is over the president's cold festering corpse
1: sure yeah well this is where uh they're gonna take that iron patriot suit to go get the president from air force one uh, air Force One is now compromised and uh, the president is put into the suit, as we find out, and is taken off to uh, the Roxxon boat. But uh, this is where we get the uh, midair scene of all of the people from Air Force One falling and mm-hmm. Iron Man attempting to save all before of them there. the air. Okay,
2: before that, yes. the way they introduce the dilemma of this third act is that they need to save the president and they need to save Pepper, right? And the way they tell you this, the way they lay it out for you is with a quick cut to an establishing shot of Tony and Rhodey in a speedboat. And the first line that anyone says in that scene is Rhodey being like, we can only save the pepper or the president. We can't save them both. To which I have to ask, why not? Who decided (laughs) that that, those were the stakes? Like you just said it and we now have to believe you? Like that was never set up
1: yeah it was never it was never established, yeah, was never established. so and- I'll throw what my thoughts are there is that if it it would have been that way if Tony didn't have the remote control of the Iron Man suit because we end up finding out that when he goes to save the people on Air Force One he didn't actually go he controlled the Iron Man suit that then went to the plane to save those folks there right, right? So that's the way that I viewed it. If he didn't have that, then they need both of them in some way, shape, or form to help take these people down. And so Tony would have had to leave Rhodey and leave Rhodey to go to the rocks on boat by himself, which probably wouldn't have ended up as well considering they needed 42 suits worth of... Iron Man's to solve that problem, right? You know but what I mean, but
0: also like to 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 John's point, like I I get what you're saying, and I agree with you actually that like that is how it ended up laying out in the context. But I think also to John's point, it is true where it's like, it's like it's like it di- like it's uh, Rhodey couldn't have possibly known that that like that would that was the only option like it's just sort of like it's like that because he says it's like that and now you the audience are like oh I guess it's just like that then but there's like there's no real discernible reason like why those were the only two things other than the fact that like Rhodey is just like, Hey, just so you know, we get, we got to pick one. And now the plot is just that they need to pick one, uh, even though, you know, but, but it's only like that because Rhodey utters that line. Like there's no real in universe reason beyond Rhodey saying that. I
2: think your logic works retroactively and not in the way that it, in in the sequence of events that it is presented in the story.
1: Well, that's yeah. why I need to be the next Kevin Feige. I've yeah. always that's said true. it, I agree. right? I've, I've always said it. Uh, and people have called me the Kevin Feige of other things. Right. Know, like I, yeah, I've, 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 I've often and... called you the
0: Kevin Feige of cape shit. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, constantly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, many people have stop. reached
1: out to me saying the same thing as sure. well, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, the armor gets hit by the truck, which is when we find out that Tony uh, is not... It's not in there. And now this is the uh, the rocks because he says it's time to uh, trigger the house party protocol. Uh, And we don't necessarily know what it means yet, but this is where we see the uh, people cleaning up Tony's house and that the ground starts shaking and the hole in the ground opens up. And are now are you talking about the rocks that were shaking on that yeah. platform that yes. opened up? Oh, okay. yeah.
2: Go back and yeah, rewatch I guess I just it. Didn't it really. It's weird. Also, the the texturing on the rocks is kind of weird. They look a little like too shiny and slippery. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, the physics aren't really there. They kind of slip and slide everywhere. It's
1: yeah. Anyway, yeah. Small small detail. Well. Sure. And uh, now Rhodey and Tony make it to the boat. Neither of them have suits at this point in time. And uh, as they start to realize how outnumbered they are, this is when the house party protocol shows up, which is all of the suits that Tony has been working on. Some of them working better than others, clearly, as we go through this uh, scene. But I really like this. The design of the suits that we got uh, got to see were all really cool looking uh we kind of saw in one of the suits i think he called it igor was almost like the kind of uh genesis of the Hulkbuster a little bit like it was the kind of a larger uh beefier suit that had like the thing on the back to lift the 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 debris up that was falling down um we saw a lot of cool different designs we saw kind of like a v-shaped uh kind of reminded me of like if uh the white ranger from power rangers that had that gold you know what i'm talking about that gold yes. chest piece almost like if that was an iron man suit that's yeah. kind of like one that uh tony was wearing so i really liked the the different designs we saw in all the suits
0: uh that were helping out to take down killian's crew yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on that. I think that if you think Iron Man suits are cool, that was probably a fun scene. Um, I, I, I like it, it. It didn't really do anything for me, but I'm also not going to make any attempt to rob you of the joy you felt in that. I accept that you thought that was cool, and I, you know, and I'm happy for you.
1: I know what you think looks cool, so I understand that you don't think that this looks yeah, cool. Yeah, Maya getting shot. I think that looks yeah, cool. <laughs> that that captured in a superhero suit would really do it. For that
0: would you. be cool. Yeah, if if, if 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 yeah, if it's a superhero but it like clouds your vision with a scene of Maya getting shot over and over again while he beats you to death. Sure. That would be that'd be a fun superhero. <laughs> that'd be my yes. superhero power. <laughs> So uh, lots of things happened throughout this fight, but uh,
1: uh one point that I w- thought was pretty cool was uh, when Tony cuts uh, uh, Killian's arm off with that like knife that pops out of yeah, his uh, Iron Man suit. Yeah. yeah. That was, a, that was a pretty cool moment. We see uh, Pepper stuck under some debris. Yeah, well, but uh,
0: also, but before Pepper's like stuck under the debris, I just want to point out that we also get like a classic Pepper bondage scene where it's like she's all sort of like tied up with her hands above her head and whatever. And it's just like weirdly sexual, which is just a thing that I've often right. noticed in these movies that they like tying the women up in very sexual ways while a strong imposing man gropes them. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and this movie, movie had that too where it's like you know pepper's just like i'm helpless and this guy's like yeah, you you fundamentally misunderstand the reason why you're here and she's like i'm your trophy and i'm just like like i fucking gotta gross, say dude. that really
2: did it for me the only thing that could have done it for me better is if pepper was also wearing an iron man suit
0: yeah and climbing on top (laughs) of (laughs) you on top of you yeah (laughs) Yeah, dude no like i said man i don't know dude and again i get that it's like some people shit like whatever but um you know it's just i i can't i can't help but notice that like oftentimes in these movies it's like there's just like a scene where there's like a woman in peril and a guy is like touching her and it's like has very sexual undertones that's a reoccurring thing that disney loves doing in their movies And even before Disney. But, you know, I got to imagine that, like, we'll probably even see it more now that it's Disney because, you know, those nefarious Hollywood types. uh, Well, you know, but maybe that's a different podcast. Anyway, back to you, Dan.
1: Wow. Great. Wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: We just this is really kind of
1: going to be multiple shots of uh, Killian and Tony running around the ship fighting each other. Tony jumping into different suits as other ones get destroyed. Uh, I, again, I really like the use of the multiple suits and the way that Tony was kind of jumping in and out of them. Uh, and at the same time, uh, obviously the president is in the Iron Patriot suit. So Rhodey's going to focus on getting him out of there so that he can get his suit back. Um, this is, I really liked in this moment where Mark 42, the current, uh, you know, the current Iron Man suit finally makes it back uh, from the Air Force One to this Roxxon ship. Uh, and is about to come to tony and hits the the side of the ship and crashes behind him uh again I thought that that was really funny but then how they ended up using that to put the suit on Killian and then have it blow up was a really cool scene altogether from the start of mark 42 coming in to it blowing up uh I really enjoyed uh how they utilized the suits here it didn't feel
0: it didn't feel cheap uh, yeah. I guess is my
1: opinion
2: you know it did sure. feel cheap
1: yeah. what's that
2: uh pepper's fake death
0: yeah oh for sure dude that was like absolutely yeah like uh, but they didn't they didn't spend but they didn't spend a
1: bunch of time on it it's not like they like you know did it halfway through the movie and then she appears like another halfway through the movie you know what i mean like right but also like but also like pepper
0: pepper's like tony's whole reason for like doing anything i like i thought i thought like the transition was sort of odd where he's like jump i'll catch you and then he doesn't and she's like like falls into the fire because again i'm like they have just again i they really did a disservice to pet like pepper is just continually in peril and totally helpless and like can't do shit and then they try to like save that with a redemption at the end but it's but what, whatever but the point is then he's just like no pepper god oh, shoot and then and and then the other dude shows up and he's like i guess i guess we'll fight on a bridge now you know it's just kind of like like, okay
2: so they spent they didn't spend a lot of time on it but they spent enough time and gave tony like he like robert downey jr played that scene as if he just watched the love of his life die and there was like a brief moment where it was a close-up on his face where he was like actually coming like trying to figure out what the fuck was happening like he just saw her die and then all of a sudden it's gone and he's fighting killian
0: Exactly. That that was exactly like kind of my issue with that. Is then Killian shows up with like a one lady. He's like, oh, hey, that sucks, bro. I would have caught her. And Tony's like, hey, I get, let, let, let's fight, you yeah, know? And then it's just sort of like, up. it's like a ra- red. Yeah, where I'm like, where I'm like, I think Tony would have killed himself. Like, truly. Like, it's like it's like Tony's like whole like the whole thing with Tony in like the three movies is that he's like completely self-destructive and unhinged, and the only thing that like grounds him to earth even a little bit is Pepper. And he just watched Pepper die. So like I feel like some sort of manic chaos yeah. like some unfurled rage the likes of which you had never seen before would be immediately following a pepper pot's death and instead it was just kind of like yeah business as usual with a little yeah. uh, one two combination punch scene on a bridge i would have liked know?
2: to see him get like super fucking angry and like yeah totally go insane on Gillian, but he he just seemed very calm and
0: collected after that totally 100 percent. i agree with that
2: Sure. And then, and then she just gets up and she's like, Oh, Hey, I'm fine. Right. And, then, <laughs> and
0: then she just gets And then, and then like my kind of thing is, I'm just like, she couldn't like do that before, I guess. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like, she had to like fake die in order to trigger the healing factor in order to get the superpower. It's all, it's all just very convenient, you know? Like, it's just like, okay. Like now her superpowers kick in, but only after she's like fallen to her death. Like like it's like it's like they weren't working before, but now they work, you know? It's just like okay. And I so that was my bad part
2: about this scene. What I really liked about the scene, it's kinda ham fisted, but the the imagery of the US president in the Iron Patriot suit tied to an oil rig about to be like crucified and set on fire that's kind of dope
0: that was kind of dope i agree with you (laughs) sure uh
1: pepper does end up saving the day though uh as tony's on the ground pepper makes an appearance in her new uh fire form uh which this has got to be some type of anime thing uh fire fire form water form i don't know what's happening but she turns into this fire form and takes him down for tony no problem she'll handle business uh so she did get to kind of save the day there for him no problem uh, that Now they're even, I guess Yeah Because they've been saving each other's lives Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah Her just yeah. in a shitty two-dimensional symbolic way up until that point Sure, sure um, And then this is where he enacts the Clean Slate Protocol And uh, he's been kind of preparing for this moment of like This is getting a bit ridiculous uh, And then we see the, the fireworks show Which is his suits exploding in midair
0: yeah, uh-huh. which I, which I like, frankly, I didn't really get. Like, I understand that it's like he has, the, it's like, it's like the whole point is that he has this like symbolic, like, okay, I'm going to leave the past behind and now we're focused on the future. That's like the symbolism of the entire movie is that it's like his past mistakes coming back to haunt him. It's like the dude that he was mean to in Switzerland is coming back, you know, to roost. Like the fact that he's like pushed all these people away from him, like that's coming back to roost. He's been neglecting his relationship with Pepper. That's coming back to roost. He hasn't like fully dealt with the trauma of what happened to him in New York. That's coming back to, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, that's the theme. And I get that, like, so it's all like symbolic, and the ultimate symbolism is to blow up the suits. Is like, as like, it's the final way of just leaving the past behind, so that he can move forward. And I get it, but I, but I don't get it. At like, at the it's like, it's like, why did he have to blow the suits up? Like, re, like, really, like, outside of this like symbolism thing, like, 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 in the context of the actual story that they were telling it felt like i'm like what like wh- 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 why why exactly what did he feel like why did tony stark in that moment feel it was necessary to just destroy all that stuff i i didn't really yeah, get it it would have been
2: cool if he used the clean slate to like deal the final blow
0: sure yeah it's sure yeah like all of them like go together yeah. like the dude's so powerful he's like regenerating and all the suits like cluster on top of him and explode at once right. or something like then i'm like okay from an
1: action shot, that sounds cooler, but from a story perspective, it doesn't line up because then that whole clean slate protocol is action towards continuing down the same path that he has been, which is being a superhero defeating villains versus fixing a relationship and his own mentality and his own past and his own issues on his own. He's not doing it because there's a threat. He's doing it because he's trying to get out of this mindset and this uh, uh, stuff he's put himself into. These are distractions to him. So if he utilizes it just as a weapon again for the Clean Slate Protocol, that defeats the purpose of him, uh, you know, us wrapping this story up. For, you know, for that's Tony. a
2: really good point, Dan. Uh, I will defer to that one. That one. yeah i'm
0: actually i i i I accept that 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 works for me yeah (laughs) yeah and uh uh, to continue that
1: theme uh tony gets his shrapnel removed and this is uh what we talked about i know you'd mentioned it maybe in one at the end you're just like, why doesn't he just remove the shrapnel i think it's all building up it's the course of these three iron man movies and again this is a trilogy this is the last solo iron man movie um and it was really about uh, looking at everything that he's done throughout these three movies and fixing those things and taking the time to work on himself instead of distracting himself constantly from these other threats and other things he's dealt with. So he sure. gets the shrapnel removed. Uh, we see that happy is okay. Uh, Harley gets a new lab from the mechanic. Uh, well, not really even a lab necessarily, but he cleans up the garage, right? There's like a potato gun and some cool things in there, but it's not really a, a lab. Uh and we end it with him uh in another kind of uh a, a backtrack vocal moment of him talking about his experience and that in the end nobody can take away that uh I am
0: Iron Man. Yep. And scene. And scene and then but Uh, but 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 before but before we get into ratings right i was actually like kind of satisfied with this ending like for what it was i mean again as i'm sure you can probably tell like being as being as objective as possible i'm like this movie wasn't like i I wasn't stoked on all the parts of it but i felt like thematically they did some interesting things at least i like i like i like 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 I'm a sucker for like symbolism and like overarching like plots and metaphors that aren't like just purely surface level. and I think this is kind of the first Marvel movie that I saw that like had that in it, so yeah. I enjoyed that at the very least. Uh, and then they just go and fucking ruin it. like they just they just they just <laughs> leave a horrible taste in my mouth. At is end, this the end credit scene? The end credit scene <laughs> where it's Tony Stark and Bruce oh, Banner, and yep. Tony Stark, in in the theme of kind of trying to work on himself, is sort of telling Bruce Banner his who's the Hulk if you didn't know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's he, he's telling him his <laughs> woes, and uh, Bruce Banner is falling asleep, and then Tony's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. Are my problems boring you or whatever?" And he's like, "No, I'm a doc." Doctor, but i'm not that kind of doctor uh and then, I, then the favorite line here and he's it is. like he's like i could like you know I, I i could never be a therapist and tony's like what you don't have the credentials and then bruce banner's like no i don't have the temperament <laughs> <laughs> i was like <laughs> shut the fuck up shut up i thought like, god damn dude i thought Wait, i could just have in like case, I, I don't know if you guys
1: w- knew right but like Uh, He's the Hulk, dude. I I thought like,
0: can I just have like one Marvel movie where I'm not (laughs) like reminded that Bruce Banner is the fucking? It's like it's the worst written character. Like I fucking. Oh oh my god. I know. I was like, it was like end credits come up. I was like, you know what? That was fun. And then and then and then I actually have to leave with a reminder, like the 60th reminder that Bruce Banner is the fucking Hulk. And also, by the way, we do get a jump out of the airplane scene in this movie too. Sort of. So I think it uh, thematically yeah, tracks there With you the, go. Air one, With yeah, the Air Force One. The Air Force One. It's not. It's not um, the same. But you know, I'm just saying we have. We have. We have man. two. We have two large tropes present in this. It's. It's one of those things again where you have ruined certain
1: things in movies for me, <laughs> uh, and this is another one where it's like I thought that this end scene was pretty funny, just personally. But when Bruce says he doesn't have the temperament, <laughs> I like. It's like I channeled Christian yeah. in no, that moment. Same
0: and was like god damn it come on (laughs) yeah it's just like fuck dude but um yeah hey but there you go that's iron man 3 wow
1: wow Uh, wow. you know what i'm noticing is that as we're getting through more movies of the mcu and building up the themes of these stories there's more to
0: talk about oh yeah no Uh, these podcasts have started running long which, yep. uh, you know, hey, tell you're us. You're welcome, world. Yeah, you're welcome. Tell us with a five star review on our <laughs> uh, on our on our podcast page how you feel about these long podcasts. Uh, yes, y- please. You guys want to get into the likes, the dislikes, and then the John let's final thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, okay, so mine actually, I know that we've been running long, and I just said that, but actually I actually have kind of a long thing for the there end here, so I'm sorry, but just strap in. So what? So what? What? What I liked about Iron Man three. There have been points throughout recording this podcast where I legitimately struggle to find like a thing that I like that I can sort of say like, you know, uh, uh, that, well, that's like interesting beyond just like there being like a scene, right? Like I, 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 I try and look at like themes or, you know, overarching points or whatever to like this stuff. And I was kind of saying it before, but legit, I actually didn't have to think very hard at all about what I liked about this movie. Uh, and, uh, there's actually something I liked a lot about it, which which is the fact that like Iron Man one is cut and dry cliche. You know, it kind of needs to be right. Cause it's like, it's Iron Man. He's fighting dudes in an Iron Man suit. Iron Man two Was largely just sort of Iron Man 1. I mean, it had like more, you know, themes of like the overreaching implications of what Iron Man means to the world or whatever. But I mean, you know, it's still just sort of like Tony like fucking around in a suit, like whatever. I think a thing that I really liked about Iron Man 3 is how most of the movie is actually Tony like without his suit. Like it's kind of showing like because they sort of like hint towards this a little bit in iron man one and it's a theme that i think that they really sort of finalize in iron man three which is the idea that like tony stark is iron man but it doesn't matter if he's like in the suit or outside of the suit like like no like he is iron man uh regardless of any of that and i thought that it was cool How they sort of illustrated that because they could have just had a movie where Iron Man, you have some cool suit up scenes, maybe introduce like a new suit that people hadn't seen before, you know, more sort of back and forth, uh, you know, knockouts with villains or whatever. But as opposed to doing that, I think that they actually took a way riskier option in this one, which is basically just like Tony Stark as a character with the Iron Man suit kind of being ever present, but also very much existing in the background. Like, it wasn't really the point. Like, the point wasn't the Iron Man suit. The point was, like, Tony Stark as a dude. And the fact that it's, like, his mind is really the thing that gets him out of these situations. And the suit is kind of supplemental to his goals. But he's not completely helpless without it. Like, he's still a superhero character regardless as to whether or not he has access to his suit like all he need i mean and you can even sort of see that illustrated when he goes to take down the compound just based on things he buys at a home depot it's like if you just give him the opportunity to like be left to his own devices for a bit He can work his way out of any of these situations. And even if the Iron Man suit never existed he'd still be on some shit that would just be above what it was that other people were doing. And that's really what his superpower is. Like his superpower is not the suit. His superpower is him just being Tony Stark, which is why I also think they kind of contrasted it. And again, this is shit that I like in like movies where, you know, when he's like talking to the kid in the barn, um, You know, he's referring to himself as like uh, the 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 engineer, the fuck, the mechanic. mechanic. Yeah, he like, like he's he's referring to himself as a, but he's not like because like the kid's like, oh, is that Iron Man? He's like, that's Iron Man. I'm the mechanic. Like, there's this there's this separation between the two. Uh, and then, sort of, at the end of the movie, like it's like it's like it's like it's like the merging of those two things. Because at that point, he hasn't like overcome the obstacles without the suit yet. So he still sees himself as fundamentally like the suit is Iron Man, and he's just the guy who made the suit. But then, at the end of the movie, him saying "I am Iron Man" is like is like kind of a callback to the scene where Iron Man's sitting on the couch and he's separate from Iron Man and he sees himself as a separate entity from Iron Man. And then by the end of the movie, he's overcome all of these things and realizes that regardless of whether or not he's in the suit, he is Iron Man. And I thought that was cool. So that was a fun theme. All that being said, I'm going to give this movie a four.
2: A four. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, it wasn't as good as the Avengers. So, yeah see, I'm having a hard time with ratings because
1: I'm also thinking about how good future movies are, yeah, when I'm rating so my ratings by the way, I'm not lining it up with anything previous that I'm doing. I'm just telling you how I feel about this movie in a seven out of ten rating for this movie, sure so yeah, that's just, a, that, that, I'm trying to at yeah
0: least. my my shit too I will say I liked like the, the explanation I liked. I I hope that the movies continue to go in this direction. This one just had like too much forgettable shit in it for me. Like, I think that like, if you were to ask me specific details about this movie in two weeks, I probably would not be able to recall them for you. Like too much of it. Kind of wasn't, like, super Mm -hmm. standout. It kind of, like, melded together. Well, but, uh, you know, okay, so Dan, uh, to the listeners, Dan's making a face, right? But, again, I would hold that in contrast to something like the Avengers, where it's, like, I probably will. Like, I still remember specific details about that shit. And I think even, like, Captain America, there's a lot of specific details about that. This felt. I mean, you'll remember uh,
1: Trevor uh, taking a shit. So, I you'll mean you'll never forget that.
0: Sure, yeah, probably. I'm just I'm just yeah. saying that like a lot of the action in this movie felt a bit generic to me, which kind of killed my buzz on it a little bit, but I really like that they are trying to head more in the direction of like actually having a fucking theme that they use like metaphors and symbolism and like actual things towards like this is the first marvel movie we've seen that i felt was really steeped in that and steeped in it in a way where it's not like immediately obvious to the audience because i think a lot of times when these things have come up they've sort of been this like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, you know, Hey, this is growth. Like just, they like really spell it out for you. And in this, I think it was a lot more subtle, which I enjoyed four out of sure. 10.
1: Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, your writing, Dan? All right. What didn't I like? Uh, I, I am going to keep an eye out for this in the future. Cause this was probably the worst case I've seen of it across the MCU, but, uh, technology stuff. Uh, make up new tech, make up new things, build suits, do all these new world science things that don't exist today. But when you refer to technology across this movie or do things from a technology perspective that don't make any sense, when, like, for example, the thing in the van with the ISDNs, it would have taken someone four seconds to Google a term that they could have used that would have been better. So it's one of those things where... Someone writes this line, and it gets past hundreds of people who have to approve, edit, review, watch it. They send it through tests. They do all this shit, and somehow through all those hundreds of people who developed this movie, no one said, "Hey, uh, why? What? Is, why are you using the term ISDNs?" Or, "Hey, why? Why is Iron Man and Iron Patriot holding their hand?" to their head. Or hey, why is the speaker from the phone blasting out so that everybody can hear the personal conversation that they're having on the phone? Uh all of these technology things in those moments just I I very much dislike them. Um again, make up new technology, show us futuristic tech, throw three balls on the table that can show a holographic image of your brain that you can Step into to show where the empty slots are, uh, all that shit, whatever. But taking real world terminology and technology and making it stupid, uh, I'm not a big fan of overall. I'd put this movie in my head at a 7.2, which 7.2. is again, I'm point two, yeah, it's 7.2. I really liked that this, uh, first movie of phase two from not only. To your point, Christian, theming perspective, but also from a comedy perspective, we're going to see this constantly as we go through the next two phases. This movie sets the pace for where Marvel's moving forward. And I think that makes sense with it lining up with Disney taking over. It lines up with uh, new directors being brought in and new franchises and uh, new, new heroes and everything. Um, And I think that this is where they realized that this is where people were connecting the most with these movies was when they did this kind of work. So 7.2, really excited to see uh, uh, more movies that I haven't seen in a long time coming up here.
2: Yeah. And John, so um, this is actually one of the only podcasts that we've done where uh, I have actually changed my, my my ratings, my thoughts on this movie, um, from when I first watched it last night, I guess. Um last night, right mm. after watching it, I was ready to give it like a five. Just a solid five. Um I thought there were like equal parts, good and bad, to the movie, but and it's interesting listening to Christian talk about what he liked about the movie because a lot of that sold me more on the movie than i originally thought i would um and i hope that anyone listening has like the same sort of uh kind of engagement with the movies listening to this podcast going forward um but i think my rating for this would be a 5.75 instead of the five okay Um, there were a lot of parts that I did like a lot of cool imagery. Um, and you're right. It is like one of the first movies where they're actually bringing in like character arcs and like very character focused and character driven storytelling. Um, that being said, this movie still ends up feeling really generic. Um, the, the movie suffers from a lot of pacing issues. Um, like by the time act two started, I thought we were supposed to be in act three already, but like they had cut like the, the pacing too many times and i thought that like oh the villain should already be established at this 40 minute mark but um the the mandarin was a really cool twist i really i think that the mandarin gives this like a full point up um on his own and uh yeah i mean just good and bad all around Overall, ends up being generic. I think I won't remember most of this movie uh, in the next week or two. But I am very excited to see uh, the trending upwards of the MCU movies as we go on. Well, uh, well, I mean, okay, we'll so see. next week is going to be a little <laughs> bit different because it definitely we'll won't see. be an upward trend. But after that, um, yeah, I- I'm excited to actually start liking the movies that we watch. I hope you guys all do, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.